What is the coldest rink that you've been in this hockey season, Danny? Uh, that's a hard question because it's been so warm out outside. So nothing's really standing out to me on that. Okay. Right. Um, I don't know. Like Aldrich can be really cold by the doors on like days like today. Yeah, I was thinking Aldrich. I was at I was there in December, and I was like, man, it's chilly in here. Yeah, it leaks. It leaks <laughs> yeah. really bad. Deceivingly uh, cold. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, was Polar bad? No, no, that's not what Normally, it. Ramsey County rinks are uh, hell on earth, or at least frozen over hell. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. I don't remember. Yackle is terrible. Yeah. Um. No, I was in oh. Roseau Memorial Building, and it just got. It was five o'clock for the girls' game. It just got colder and colder, literally by the period. So, like first period girls, sure, fine. By the third period overtime, you were in hockey day again. I was screaming <laughs> loud when the game got over on on the mic, but I was screaming inside saying, "Get me out of here! I'm so cold." <laughs> but it was a cool rink, cool experience. So there's my. Answer, Rosa Memorial for the year. Carl? Yeah, I think I've just been living in luxury this year because, I mean, Heritage is nice. <laughs> Proctor got rid of the old Barn. one, which would have won, and is nice. Uh, Mars is fine. Herbie, even Hermantown was fairly warm yesterday. Will and I were commenting, like, hey, this is unusually warm. So that was fine. Yeah, I've, I haven't been in Freiburger. <laughs> yeah, so I did, uh, I did stop it. Stop and get gas at the uh, gas station right across from the, the Portman rink yesterday. It's the Portman Jamboree this weekend. Oh, so really? Yikes. <laughs> That's right by your house, isn't it? Nah, it's mile, a little over a mile off. Yeah. I mean, a lot closer even, than my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Danny, no answer? No. I will say the coldest rink, just as a kid, the rink I hated was Minnehaha. Well, it's still the coldest. That was, I mean, I hate, I, I respect that rink. I, I just remember my dad tying my skates and putting my foot in the boot. And it was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life. Yeah, it's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Good evening, hockey fans, and welcome to the Rink of Fire Boys High School Hockey Podcast. This week's pod is sponsored by Jack's Cafe. Three generations of great food for any special occasion. The Red Black League, the largest boys and girls off-season high school league in Minnesota. Summit Orthopedics, 11 locations throughout the Twin Cities with specialists ready to treat any sports-related injury. And Gemini Athletic, pro-quality custom uniforms with a championship pedigree. And now, here's Danny, Carl, and Tony. Love is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring, bound by wild desire, I fell into a ring of fire. Welcome to the Rink Fire Podcast. Yes. How's everyone doing today? Uh... Been better. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Carl, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, a solid negative eight here in Duluth right now, but uh, I have warm beverages and nice old hound sweatshirts, and I'm just 
being cozy. That's cool. Danny, uh, you had some rough news this week on yeah. the personal side. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share a little bit. And Miranda's okay with this getting shared too. So um, Thursday, um, Miranda had emergency surgery. Um, she, she works at HCMC downtown as a consultant. Um, but like around one o'clock she was experiencing some really bad chest pains or stomach pains. And so then she was laying down in the floor of her office for a while. And so then one of her colleagues was like, eh, maybe walk over to the ER. Maybe, yeah. maybe, and, you know, it's, it's available. <laughs> and so she went over, right there. The, went over to the ER. Um, that's kind of when she texted me, they, uh, shot her to the top of the line because her pulse was racing. Um, they did an ultrasound, uh, right away and uh, found that she had an ovarian torsion caused by a cyst. Um, so she needed emergency surgery and, um, so she had surgery and with the torsion, what they were expecting was they would just, um, untwist it, untwist it and remove the cyst. I learned more about torsions after you texted me that I never knew. Yeah. And apparently the doctors were saying like, this is a once in 10 years type of situation. Really? Um, really? and there wow. was a person literally in the OR while we were getting admitted or a woman that had the same thing going on with her wow. so it, it was just it, it, as we say in sales things come in bunches like yeah. apparently that's true in the or too um and so um she went um under the knife around seven o'clock um and what they they were able to untwist the um ovary but what they had found was the cyst had burst and she was hemorrhaging at, at that point. And she had probably hemorrhaged like three, four Dixie cups worth of blood. So yeah. was, that was explaining the pain. A so, lot of blood. So they were able to remove the cysts, but unfortunately the um, left ovary where this was happening, there was... It was still bleeding after they removed the cyst. And so they tried to burn it in multiple places to stop it, to cauterize it. They tried to, they gave, you know, drugs intravenously to try to cauterize it. It was unable to stop bleeding. And so just for her health All purposes, they had to remove the left ovary. Um, obviously, that was worst case scenario. They were not expecting that. Um, before going in, um, so that she came out around eight o'clock or so, and yeah, that that's been pretty hard. Uh, luckily, uh, for fertility purposes, only you lose like ten percent. Right. Um, the, your other ovary then compensates for this. Right. So we're. Uh, yeah. She's still in very good shape for that, but more importantly, she's healthy, and, yeah. and that's that's more important, uh, I would say, to both of us. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. And so, um, but she's been laid up and in, in a lot of pain since, um, and this was completely unexpected too. And we are very blessed that she works at 
the hospital. Yeah. So, like, she was able to just go there, too. And the doctors were excellent. The surgeons were great. I mean, very, very kind, very answered a lot of questions with everything. Um, yeah, so that's that was a weird – that happened on Thursday night. It was a weird way to spend my birthday on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, not the happiest of birthdays. No, my parents yeah. had flown into town. We were planning on going to get a nice dinner on Friday. Uh, that None obviously that didn't happen, but um, really, we're very happy that Miranda's doing well, but she'll <laughs> be out of work for probably two weeks. Oh, that's is, too bad. And yeah, but. Yeah. She, She's healthy. Yeah. When, when I got a call, phone call from Danny at 7.30 on a Thursday, I'm like, something's not right. Danny should be at a hockey game. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. When Danny was telling me this about Miranda, he did insert quickly, yeah, I was supposed to call the Cathedral game tonight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that was an important part of the discussion. I, I did tell her at certain points, like, I'm going to have to leave now. Right. So, because yeah. Miranda just was like, I'm not going to the ER. This is just gas. Well, it wasn't gas. No. Okay. No. Um, and so, yeah, it, um, it, it's been a weird weekend, uh, to say the least. I have walked in your shoes to some degree. Uh, our first, Debbie and I's first pregnancy, her first pregnancy ended in an ectopic pregnancy which you lose your fallopian tube. So we did have only 50% <sighs> chance, true 50% because fallopian tube, there's two of them, one oh, was gone. So. Yeah, and one has been removed over here too. Yeah, so it's possible. Yeah. Three times possible, if you yeah. know what I'm saying. I have three kids, so it's uh, your, your future's still bright. It's just a, it's a tough spot. I remember that six months like it was yesterday back in 1999. It was the second half of 99. I was like, well, this is going to be a weird stretch of my life but it actually the best part of my life in some ways too so yeah and miranda has a really good um friend group um around her that's and good. so good that, to hear that has been really helpful now on to some hockey news yeah non non danny news uh before we do that our sponsor is a summit orthopedic um summit is a wonderful place. Obviously, it's not somewhere yeah. where Miranda went. <laughs> uh, this is a cute, different type of acute injuries. Uh, knees, uh, elbows, joints, shoulders, back, you name it. Um, if you have an acute injury, that's where you go. Should I uh, also state that on Tuesday she would, was diagnosed with carpal tunnel in both of her she hands? She can go there for that. <laughs> Go there it's for been that. a weird week for Murray. She can go there for that, for sure. Uh, yeah. Summit's got another customer, hopefully. <laughs> um, I, but the thing I want to talk about Summit this week, which is different than uh, the last couple of weeks, so I want to I want to definitely emphasize the Summit uh, Service Award that we're giving out. There's a link right on our website. It's called Summit Service. You can go there, click it. Uh, if you have a son or daughter, uh, that's in high school and they're a captain or a leader uh, and they would be interested in going on this trip and, and winning a sword. They put in a lot of service to their community, their hockey team, whatever it may be. Uh, they are, will be a great candidate for this award. Go fill it out. There are, are not a lot of applicants yet. Uh, the application process will end at the end of this month. So check out the summit service award on the top of the page. Thank you summit for all of their uh, continued support of our programming. Carl? 
All right, let's go through some news from around the state, and let's start with probably the, the one that got the most headlines even beyond our little world. Lou Nanny, for 60 seasons of calling the state high school hockey tournament, will be retiring from the microphone. That's incredible. It's sad. Mm-hmm. 60 seasons. 60, 60 of 80, basically. I'm 80 56, so that means like yeah. every tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my life, he has called, and obviously your guys' lives yeah. too. And mm-hmm. most of our listeners. And the craziest part is like he played for the North Stars while he was doing this. That's the part I can't figure out. Like, <laughs> eh, I'm just going to. That was a different era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I remember watching Lou Nanny, number 23, play for the North Stars. So, and I remember watching the State Hockey Tournament. Like, it just doesn't add up. It's you cool. Know? When they played at the state, they used to play the state tournament at the Met Center. Like, when they weren't at the Met Center, were they just hanging out watching the state tourney? I would assume they were going to Toronto or Detroit or it's someone like that. So that, that's the part I, mathematically, I believe that he did do this. And I re- don't remember watching a state high school hockey tournament game without him in it as, the, as, as a that's, broadcaster. That's the thing is, like, every state tournament watching memory on TV is with Lou. And I think there are times where he might have been the studio Johnny Paul type, uh, not chore. Just, yeah, yeah, like not the, not the uh, color commentator. Well, and I would assume mm-hmm. back in the day when he was GM, he was probably watching these kids and yeah, a lot he's scouting different. them. So that was fine. Yeah, right. And at the time he was GM, I think his son Marty was playing in the state tournament. So yeah. there's just and now his grandkids have played it. I mean, like the the gift that just keeps on giving. Now I be, I believe Louie, his grandson, has kids. Yes. So it's just a matter of time before his great kids grandkids are <laughs> yeah. playing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's a long yeah, so- time. I just pulled up his league prospects. So in 1964, he was with, in the USHL. He was playing for the Rochester Mustangs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was calling this all through his, like, several years of the USHL. He was there till 67. That's post-college. Um, you know, his whole NHL career, which was over a decade. His, uh, transition, decade. his transition story, I don't know where I read this or heard this, his transition story uh, from playing because USHL was semi pro back then, yes, right? So they were collecting yeah. a little bit yeah. of check, it was kind of like a senior A kind of hockey, you sure. know. And mm-hmm. he was working another job, so and he was making good money, of course, because he's Louie, right? Yeah, and when yep. he came to the North Stars, became a, a they went left the original six and now they added six more teams. North Stars said, Hey, uh, we need players, do you want to play for us? He says, "No, I'm making more money now than I would be in that stupid <laughs> hockey thing. Uh, if you can, if I can get a sales job with you guys and keep all the money for the ads that I sell, then I'll do it." And they said, "Sure." So he was ended up being the highest paid player on the team because he was out there selling ads and using his name, image, and likeness before hmm. anybody was and, thinking that way. He and, was a way forward thinker. Well, in like he was childhood friends with the Espositos. Yeah. Like like it's so crazy. Like his story touches so much. It's incredible. Incredible. Is he the most important person in Minnesota hockey? What do you mean? What that's a good question, but there is, yeah. Is, well, I'm I guess I don't know how to describe that. He's more. one of the most recognizable. But like is yeah. there anybody who has done more or uh, maybe done more, yes, but is there anybody who 
just as I don't know how to describe that more than that question. There will never be another Lou Nanny. I mean, he yeah, helped I mean, illustrate the eighty team. He helped put that together. Yeah, he he, you know, was a captain right of the North Stars. He played the for thing the is Ghosts. He's Canadian too. That's the weird part. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's nobody more Minnesotan Minnesotan hockey than and he, Lou. He was a Canadian guy putting together the U.S. The Olympic hockey team. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. It, I mean, there's just so yeah. much to him. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It, it, I put him in a class with Herb Brooks and Mary, Mary yeah. Uchi and like small group of people have had this incredible I mean, long influence over so many levels over so much time. Yeah. He would be the influencer yeah. for sure. He's the, were, yeah. He's the biggest. He's the, I, I would almost, now Mary Uchi might be the first, but you know, like he's a George Washington type of figure. Yeah. I, yeah. No one's gonna argue that. Uh, it, it is. It's gonna be weird in two years not seeing him up there in the press yeah. box. I will say, but it is. It is so cool when you see him up there and calling games. It's just yeah. It's cool. An icon. Yeah, yeah. and you know I haven't. Other than the COVID year, I haven't watched a single Double A game on TV in the past what fifteen years. So I feel like I don't have the same connection with Lou recently, but. Going back, like his voice was my childhood watching hockey, and he's also just a really good human too. Like any interaction I had when you know, we were in those press box days it was great. I mean, he would take time to talk to people. He would you know, have some good, interesting hockey discussions just here and there in the hallway. And so, I, he's worth all the hype. He is, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. It's fun to talk. I, uh, this is not a Gemini section, but I was talking to Chris Bonvino about him. It came up in discussion. And Chris's lens of Lou is hockey dad. Yeah, because he, he tiny not, lens. Right, yeah. It's a completely mm-hmm. different lens than our lens into him. And I was just fascinated to hear him talk about it. Yeah, that's cool. It, it, like, uh, But, again, that's one lens of there's just so Lou. There's so many. There's so many. So many. It's just crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, you would need, a, like, if you sat down with Hemingway, that couldn't be a one-day interview. No, it, it couldn't. You know, like... It couldn't. It would have to be multiple Because, interviews. like, when Plipton did that, he was with him for, like, a, a weeks. And yeah, like, you still can't get it all. You still can't get everything. No, so it, no, it's just kind of cool that way. All right, Carl, what else is out there? All right, we got a couple of milestones to highlight. Uh, biggest one probably being a 500th win by a coach, Jeff Poschel, not a meat-eye, who has really put himself on the map as a great coach over the past five years or so with those two state championships on Monty Media. Now you're starting to see just how much of an impact he's had over the course of his career with 500 wins. Yeah, the best part is he coached St. Thomas. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part. Yeah. When I was doing a pod when, during COVID with well, him, we, I was like, what? We both did. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And like, just like him, like after college, working at that like Christian school in LA, yeah. in the hood. Yeah. Like... It, he, he is one of the nicest. He's one of the nice guys. I, I couldn't agree more. You root for Jeff Poschel. I, I always have. Even mm-hmm. when he was at uh, Hill, he wore number 21 as a goalie. It was like, that's super cool. And I, I asked him about that. I don't know if it was on the pot or off the pot. And he goes, you know the reason why I wore number 21? Is they, they didn't have a number 30 for goalie. <laughs> so it was either... So I just wore a regular hockey jersey. It was the extra jersey. That it just kind of became a tradition at Hill Murray. <laughs> Goalie wore 21. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. But hat, hats right. off Another. to him. 
Speaking of goalies, another milestone here. We have Roar Brockman, the Bloomington Kennedy goalie, had his 1,000th save this past week. That's incredible. That's a lot of rubber. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Like I said, the Bloomington Kennedy goalie, but congratulations to him for holding up for that long. Yeah. Uh, a few more milestones here. Uh, we had three Minnetonka players all hit the 100-point mark in, in one week. So Javon Moore, Gavin Gary, and Hagen Burroughs all got there, which just sort of shows how this group has moved together. And I think in a lot of programs, 100 points is sort of like, I mean, it's great, but it's not amazing. But if you're going to Lake Conference meet riders year after year, that's Every point is hard to get. Well, not only mm-hmm. that, like, there's not enough pucks on that team to go around. Right. So, yeah. like, to get 100 points with who they're playing together with, it's very impressive. Right. It's unlike a situation where you're a featured top line and you're getting all the minutes and all the power play time, and it's just it's not not as easy there. Not to throw shade on the player that we're interviewing, but you're not Wyatt Farrell in <laughs> La Crescent. <laughs> like you have nine D1 players, as he'll say. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, final milestone. This is a fun one. Jason Strugel is a referee. He wrecked his 3,000th high school game this past week. Where's he from? Did it say? He's from the- I mean, this was Rockridge tweeting it out, so I assume he's a range ref. Yeah, well, yeah. there's uh, Jackson Struckel, who's a kid from Hibbing. Hibbing. So I, I figured he was from yeah. the range somewhere. That's a pretty impressive mm-hmm. number. I'm on, I'll be doing games 15 and 16 today, 10A and 10B2 <laughs> over in Victoria. Okay. So I got 2,000. 000- so- 800 more to go. Has anybody had you? You'll get there, Tony. You'll get there. That? Has any parent yelled at you? Have you heard? I got one Friday. <laughs> it was Ooh. awesome. It was yeah. awesome. It was like I was, I never felt so alive in my life. Puck was dangling along. It was, you know, dancing along the blue line. And it yeah. wasn't sure yeah. if it was in or out. And it might have been offsides. Yeah, it was, it was offsides. Sure, it was offsides. But literally, it didn't change the flow of the game. So I just let it go. And I went, no, like that. And this parent goes that's offsides <laughs> and i just smiled i literally smiled and shook my head like no it's not offsides let's play on you know did you go over to the the bench of that team and go if that happens again no i did not get, you guys no. are getting teed up no no <laughs> not for that not for Good that Good not up. until uh, we're where the f is in oh, okay. play that's when you start to get everything else is in fair fair fair, fair game i think okay so. okay fair fair okay carl what else all right, uh, central scouting list from the NHL came out this past week, and there were 21 Minnesotans on it. Uh, wow. Six currently at the in, in the NTDP, five in the USHL, two at Chaddock, and eight current high school players. Let's hear them. Uh, four of them were from Minnetonka, including the top two, Javon Moore and Hagen Burroughs, already mentioned as 100-point getters. Next in line is Jackson, Jackson Smith-Connect of Rogers, who is uh, moving up the table here. Uh, Jimmy Doting of Creighton Durham Hall might be a little off some people's radar, but was right there also. He's listed as 6'4". He shouldn't be off your radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Lunsky of Minnetonka, Carson Pilgrim of War Road, Nolan Road of White Bear Lake, and John Stout, our guest last week of Minnetonka. Okay. okay. That's a good list. Now, the, the key with this list and how this ties into uh, high school hockey is this will be important fodder for Mr. Hockey. Um, it a plays, lot of, there's it plays a, lot a of, role. There's a lot of NHL scouts 
that make up the roles of the voters. So these are also the same types of people that are watching these 20 skaters yes. all season long. So, yeah, if you make this list, there's a real good chance that you're going to also make the Mr. Hockey list. I would say it's uh, if there are six, there are usually five to four Mr. Hockey finalists in that yep. list. Yep. And then who was the kid from Hill Murray who we go back to every Casey year? Stom. Casey Stom. Casey Stom made the list. <laughs> he made the list, and he made Mr. Hockey. He played like three games that year and made Mr. Hockey finalist, which was still irks us to this day. Yeah, I have words and for nothing Murray. against Casey Stom, but just no. he didn't deserve to be in that list. There were more deserving players. Correct. All right, is that it for news? Um, no, I guess I just will note that two of those eight are juniors, uh, Dodig and Smith Connect, so yep, they're so not they're late, eligible. They're late 06 birth years. Which is yeah. rare for juniors drafted. Sammy Walker, Avery Peterson were drafted. There's been a as, few. So there's been a few. But, there's been a few. It yeah. would be a spectacular if they were to get drafted and come back to play high school hockey. It would be a special circumstance. Hallam Sammy did, Walker yeah. was like that. Hallam, Hallam did. Yeah. 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 Th- those are usually... Players that are, you know, they're committed to division, you know, high division ones. They know where they're going. Yep. They know their story. Like, they're real confident in their future. Like, yeah. Sammy was very confident in his future. So was Jackson was very confident in his yes. future. They're just going to go play high school hockey. Yep. And we're learning, we're seeing a lot more of that now, where it's actually the, the, the pendulum feel, feels like it's swinging back now to coming back to playing high school hockey. So I thought John Stout did a good job at describing that last he week. He did amazing at that. So, all right. Um on to rankings? Yeah. Uh, just a couple quick injury notes before okay. we do that. Uh, Mason Jensen and Rogers is the big one out for the season. That's a big loss for the Royals. Not that it hurt them against Maple Grove this week, but certainly worth watching going forward. Yes. And one other one I, I have flagged is John Scott and Denfeld, who's really been <clears throat> their leader, broke his wrist. So he'll be up for a bit too. Okay. So bear that in mind with Denfeld scores for the next few weeks. Right. And I just want to do a quick report on uh, – the Holy Family Edina game yeah. last oh, week. Two Saturdays we didn't. Ago. It happened Saturday night, and our podcast was held Sunday morning. And literally after we turned our phones back on after the pod, our phone—I would say—blew up. But we had a few videos sent to us uh, of uh, a fracas between the benches between Holy Family and uh, Edina, um, and. One, the, the coach, Eric Westrom, was involved. For Holy Family. For Holy Family, was involved in it. Um, and so much so that he was he and his assistant's last name, Sylvia, were suspended for a game. And it's something I've never seen before uh, in all of my years. I've never seen a coach's, just the way the Braemar set up, where they actually almost got into a tussle. A tussle. It was very close to a tussle. And um, so I, I contacted uh, Rory Oster from Holy Family to find out if there will be further disciplinary action. Their athletic director. Their athletic director, and I did not hear a response back. So my assumption is the one-game suspension is all those two coaches will serve, and if there is more news to that, we'll bring it to you next week. And, and some players also got suspended, and you can see that. Um, yeah, that's all public record, but it's yeah. not the coaches are not listed in the hockey hub. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have a reasons. number. So. But I know that those two, because Rob and Cook worked the box, and he told us uh, yes. what the what they had written down. So there we go. Okay, that is the news. All right, let's do right. some rankings. Before we do the rankings, rankings. a quick uh, sponsor read. Our good friends at Jack's Cafe. Uh, 
fantastic place to host a banquet. Yes. Fantastic place to hold a wedding. Yes. Fantastic place to hold any type of banquet situation or celebrate any any uh, landmark moment in your life. Uh, one, birthdays, one of the cool anniversaries. Don't make it. like customize matchbooks and put them at your table when you sit down. If it's your birthday or something like that, it is. A, we have a lot of those because we've celebrated a lot. Yeah, there's. It's a fun place to go. I can't wait to go there soon. Uh, once I clear uh, next weekend and <laughs> the weekend after, I have some free time ahead of me, so I know I will be sitting down for a nice meal with my bride at Jack's Cafe. Nice, nice. All right, let's do it, Carl. Uh, usually, right. I come to these uh, rankings with uh, with uh, boxing gloves or knives or something, but. This is I feel of, bad for you this week. We, I mean, this, I really, I'm going to show you a lot of sympathy. I've given you my one uh, plug. I think that Eden Prairie deserves to be a top 10 team. I'm waiting to see if that actually happens. Do we want to do double A or do you want a cliffhanger double A and do the A first? We come with frankincense, think, myrrh. Yes. And um, what's we, the other thing? Whatever it is <laughs> from Jack, the Bible. And Jack's Cafe. And, and a Jack's and some Cafe. Jack's Cafe, a little to-go box. We, we come offering. We know this is not going to be easy please, this please. week. It was a rough, <laughs> rough week. So you choose, Mr. Carl. Uh, Ms. I'll, I'll start with East. double A because okay. I'm most excited for the number number ten in Class A out of all of this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So. Now a tease. I like it. All right, go mm-hmm. ahead. One Tonka. One Minnetonka. You, you can do this first. Two Wyzetta. Three Dino. Dino. We've already let that cat four, out of the bag. Four Four Chan. Mm-hmm. Four Shippy yep. Chan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all easy. Right. Those, right. those four are. Those are gimmies. Yeah. Now five. Um, five is going to be <laughs> random. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know who deserves five. Maybe she just leave an open spot. At it's five. not Maple Grove. It's uh, not, it's, and it's not no. Benilde. No. No. There's not a fifth ranked team in the state. Uh, no. The, all the, all the teams ranked five through nine last week lost, or or, or tied or lost. So who tied or lost? better <laughs> right all right let's see who's number five that's not, that's is not the direction i win oh I with rogers uh, uh okay it's the mason yeah it's the mason jensen loss on this team i think long term will hurt them all right let's go sixth then uh, maple grove yeah okay the, the body of work is just a little bit better all right Okay. Uh, seven Benilde? No. No? No. Uh, ah, give us a section. St. Thomas? Hill? St. <laughs> Thomas? Two double A. Two double A. Eden Shakopee. 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 Who did not lose. They got a big win over Rosemount, so. Okay. Okay. I'll give they you that. Up. Eight. St. Thomas. Yeah. Yep. Dropping, but dropping. Not yeah, far. dropping. Hard. Two bet, two losses that they weren't in. Uh, like they weren't one goal games. Carl, do you like no. the new Danny, the one that isn't just a complete St. Thomas Homer? I kind of like him better. The emissions. Yeah, <laughs> Homer felt more authentic. Yes. Yeah. The emissions director on Wednesday was like, "Where's your blue?" And I was like, <laughs> "I 
I'm wearing a blue polo. It's yeah. so yeah, yeah. I got I got heat from that. Yeah, I I suppose mm-hmm. you could. All right, number nine. Eden Prairie. Yes. Okay. They have earned that. They have crashed and crawled, and they are there. They are there. They didn't start this way. No. They are are fighting. They have learned the system, and the system looks a lot like Rand's uh, or Eigner's (laughs) St. Thomas team that went to state or state semi. This could be a state semifinalist. But they gotta get yeah, I mean, the talent's there. They could be a state <laughs> semifinal. They could they could win that section. Playing okay. Rand ball. <laughs> I don't think so, but I know, but they could. They could. They could. Okay. They have a percentage. They have a much tougher to- section run than St. Thomas did that year. Yes. Correct. Much tougher. All right. Ten. Benilde. That's fair. Dropping, but yeah. Behind EP who they just lost to, but yeah, they deserve to be in the top ten overall. Yeah, who's eleven? Andover. Okay, Centennial. Centennial ties. They dropped a little for that. Is Centennial twelve? Yeah. No, no, they're further back. It's Rosemount. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Holy Family's still in there. Eastview's still in there. Stillwater popped in at fifteen. So Tony will appreciate that. I do appreciate that. All right, yeah. let's go double. Let's go from double A to A. All right, we've got some excitement at the top in Class A. Won't be surprised when we talk Warroad. about this game, but number one is Warroad. Yeah, yep, not a surprise. It's got to be Hermantown too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Hermantown is two. And Cathedral, and Cathedral State is three. three. Yeah, okay. they deserve that. That's yeah, kind of so how the both week... teams have all beaten each other. Yeah. How about that for three. a state tournament meeting? That's fun. I mm-hmm. like that. And still, Warro's got to get by Eastside. Yeah, that's not uh-huh. easy. Who is number four? They have lost to the top three now, but they're right there. Eastside, that's where they deserve I think to be. I think they're as scary as anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I for sure. Five. Eastside. Or- Orno. Lost Orno. To St. Louis Park. Yeah, no. yeah. Nope. Not a meat eye. Because they have beaten Orno. Orno. Yeah. yeah. And there the, the, that hasn't changed there. there okay. And then there's Orno six or did they get bumped? North, yeah. <sighs> Northfield uh, keeps kind of hanging in there. I don't, Orno beat my Huskies last night. Yes. Yes. I know that. Yeah. And Who's then Northfield. Seven is Northfield? No. He always no, has Delano. an eight. Uh, so I don't know what Delano did this week. They beat Holy Family. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, that's yeah. a and, so that's, and yeah, Eric, I don't know what the Eric thing loves the fact that they're double A wins. Like he he looks at the Orno game, that's a double A loss. I'm like, no, no, St. Louis Park isn't as good as Orno. If you don't judge double A losses, then you can't judge double A wins. I agree. Okay, I let's agree. let's play that game. You can't have it both ways. I agree. Okay, hockey teams are hockey teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, nine. Eight is so, Northfield. Yeah, eight is Northfield. Nine. He was. He's still in love with Cloquet. Alex? No, no. It's the same as the same number nine as last week. It was Cloquet, right? No, that was no. ten. Um, who was nine last? Who, who was it, Carl? Northern? No. It was Monticello. Okay. Was one eight yeah. in a row. It, okay. And then, and then ten. He's no. just so happy about number this. Number ten. Alex is Proctor. Proctor. Keep crying. Keep crying. No. It's not Little Falls. It's not Thief River no. Falls. It's not. Oh, it's La Crescent or Laverne? 
No. Minneapolis? Yes, you got it. It's Laverne. Laverne. They're undefeated. I don't Feated. like that. And other fun fact, they are number 10 in Class A in Page South. Okay. Don't I don't like computer rankings. I'm not a BCS fan. Okay, I'll just but put you, it. But usually, it, it usually that hates those teams, though. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm with you on that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So fair. It sees something. Just saying. Okay. Roll well, cards. Roll. All right. Uh, I've lost my spot. <laughs> what order are we in now? Well, Tony, you're going to take away our next interview with Coon Rapids head coach. We're joined today with Coon Rapids head coach Aaron Frock. Eight and four in his fifth year of the Cardinals. Congratulations on a building a great program, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for being me here. here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. The only thing you're short of is a Gemini jersey <laughs> uh, in your stable. We can get you there. We okay. can definitely get you there. But uh, Gemini produces many, many of the state best jerseys and the best teams and i think you guys are cresting in that direction so as you get better you're going to need a better jersey and i i would say your jersey right now is awesome by the way yeah and thank you thank for you. the gift absolutely already we're early we're on we're on off to a fast start already with the jersey <laughs> i appreciate it uh so uh tell us a little bit about uh how you got uh started in the game of hockey you know, I grew up in Delano, um, you know, blue collar town, small town. Um, we had a tight little tight knit group that came up. And when I was at that program, we were still kind of like a B hockey program. This again, before yep. the double yep. A split. And we had a good group of committed youth coaches um, that stayed with us all the way through. We were able to turn the program into like an A program. We had some good, decent talent, um, started to win some district championships, had some runs at regions, all of that fun stuff, went to high school. Um, our senior year was the first time that we'd won the conference, the Red County Conference for Delano. And obviously, you look at what Delano's done since. Yeah. Um, Garrett Van Bergen's done a fantastic job. Um, so that's that's where I started and played. And so, what was the what was the Steve Brown presence when you were there? When you were growing up, was he coming and helping out? Was he deeply involved in the program? He and- was, and he, I mean, he was involved. He was my football coach in middle <laughs> school, so I mean, like you, you knew him. You were always around. He was always around the rink. Um, you know, he was fully committed. Obviously, it, you know, it's a small community, so you're always around the rink, always around the fields, and everyone's a three sport athlete because that's just what you did. And I think they still are. Yes. Yeah. A bunch of athletes and they're just hard workers, right? Like they just work really hard. It, how nice was it just growing up that, you know, the school was there, the rinks right next to it. It was great. And honestly, like you had the outdoor rinks. I mean, we skated on pond all the time in the sure. neighborhoods. I mean, it was, you know, fall was football. You'd find a field to go play football. Winter <laughs> was finding a pond. And then all summer you're finding a baseball field anywhere. And <laughs> you know, you might be playing with only three guys where you can only hit it to left field. And, but you just constantly played sports until sundown. Now, That's good to hear. Delano question. What's the chicken restaurant? <laughs> it was a Tom Thumb, and, yeah, it's the, it's, I think it's a BP now. It's up on the corner, yep. But, yeah, the big chicken. Yeah, it's on their jerseys now. Yep. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it is. It is. It's That's unique. That's kind of cool. That is unique. Um, and where are you relation to Garrett, uh, the head coach? He's a native as well. Yep. So Garrett Van Bergen. younger? He's older. Okay. Yep. And he actually, he played, he played hockey with my, with my cousin at the time at Delano. Um, both Rockford guys at the time. Yeah. I was so, going to say that. I knew yeah, he he's was a Rockford Don't worry. Guy. He gets, he gets it, uh, <laughs> gets it a lot from the guys for being a Rockford guy and not, really? not a true Delano guy. I like, and, does he live in Rockford now? 
No, he Does, he lives in Delano with okay, his family. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, so he was uh, an assistant, a JV assistant, my my senior year, and um, then you know took over for Steve Brown, and I mean he's done a fantastic job. He was the you know first phone call I made when I got the Coon Rapids head coach job to, and it was basically you know we sat at Jake's in Plymouth for four hours and just asking, hey. What do you do? How do you do it? Just give me everything. I don't care what the bar tab is. Like, just tell me, <laughs> give me all the secrets, right? That's what's it, great. what's it going to take? And he was open to it and, and, you know, great mentor and love the guy. So well, he was like a Veda, you know, for hair product. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. So let's, let's back up. You were, you talked about three sports. Uh, football was your better of the sports and you end up going to college to play football. Tell us a little bit about after high school. Yeah, so um, I always wanted, you know, wanted to be a chiropractor, right? So I knew I was going to be going to school for eight what, years. Okay, yeah. yeah. Why? How do you know? Like, I barely knew. I wanted know. to be a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Anymore. Right. Um, How did you know that? Honestly, I had seen a chiropractor growing up, and he kept me playing sports. So Dr. McGowan in Delano, he's still there. Great guy. Um, always kept telling me, he's like, you have the personality for it. I think you should be a chiropractor. And I watch him help people all the time. Everyone's leaving happy. And, um, when I was starting to go to college, you know, we sat and talked, it's like, okay, what does this look like for a career? I mean, I see what you do. You get to chit chat all day, make people <laughs> feel great. Um, and we talked about it. He's always been a great mentor. It led me to going where I went. I went to Palmer college of chiropractic in Iowa. And so it just, it, it and fit my personality. Four years. Yeah. Four years after so undergrad. How did you get away from, you couldn't have coached hockey in Iowa, did you? I actually, I helped in um, Dubuque and in Davenport with their youth programs with like their mites okay. while going to school as well. And then, you know, they had their teams that were ACHA teams and um, okay. for chiropractic stuff, they had, chiro they call it chiro games. We went down to Florida. You play all the other chiropractic schools and Stop. What? yes, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's a, it's a huge party down I bet there. You were like the Gretzky too, weren't you? <laughs> oh, when it, they found out I was a Minnesota guy. <laughs> Right, like it is—it's a different style. Like, oh, this kid's from Minnesota; he must be good. And then, obviously, being very disappointed once you get on the ice. No. <laughs> um, but you're going down playing like Canadian uh, Memorial Co College of Chiropractic, and all those guys play Junior A in Canada. Yeah. And, oh, it's next level. But right. everyone else, like you can compete with. But yeah, what a blast! Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so Danny, we want to continue Ooh. with his life story. Okay, but you went to play football. Uh, then what? Uh, what happened? So I actually I tore up my ankle wakeboarding literally two weeks before camp, <laughs> to the point you know high ankle sprain, sprained my knee, and I was a running back and cornerback. So I you know, relied no on speed. Yeah, that's a no go. Um, ended up got connected with a couple of hockey players that were down at Platteville. You know, play and then literally walked walked onto their team, played. It was a fantastic experience. Again, I got to just keep cultivating my love for hockey um again i was just better football player but i always sure. loved hockey more than anything right right so then after college how did you go through come, your, yeah, your how track? did you come back here so yeah. looking at different job opportunities i always wanted to own my own business and the best opportunity so with my it was fiance at the time but now wife um we found that in blaine was going to be our best area which was where the business was okay we were able to take that business over um we're now on the border of blaine and ham lake um with that chiropractic so office still thriving yep yep so we're still there community. and obviously into a second clinic two in anoka but um honestly once i came back because going to donald it's such a community-based you know give yep. back um, I always wanted to get back and coach with hockey. So that's kind of what drove me back to the game was I got settled out and literally it was that winter went right back to the game. What's, What's your, your wife's name? Yeah. Jessica. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What's she think of all this? 
coaching. She, You're chasing She is it extremely supportive. She uh, actually is from Michigan, so her family's okay. a big basketball family. So they okay. didn't understand the craziness that is Minnesota <laughs> hockey. Does she get it now? Oh, she gets it. With, oh, oh, yeah. And I always give her a hard time because I'm like, she's becoming one of the crazy hockey moms. I like, love she it. loves it. She's <laughs> there. And, uh, you know, she's starting to understand it, becoming okay. part of that fabric. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, okay. So, how did you get back into Coaching. coaching. I know you. Have, I have. There's a lot of teams to touch on here that you've coached throughout yeah. the youth before you got to high school. So level. honestly, which I just is looked, what I really want to get yeah. to. Like, hey, if you're coaching youth, there is a future in at the high school level if you want it. Absolutely. So I, when I I just want to start reaching out to a couple of different programs that are around us. And at the time, we had just actually moved to Coon Rapids. We had an apartment okay. there before buying a house in Ham Lake. Sure. Um, I just started looking at Blaine Spring Lake Park, Coon Rapids. I'd reached out. Coon Rapids was the one to reach out, you know, back out to me where I was able to be an assistant for a PWA team okay. um, in Coon Rapids. And that was kind of my coaching start, which was fantastic and great experience. So what year would have that been roughly? What, 20, would have been the 2014, 15 years. That's what so, I thought. Yep. Okay. So, and then, so Tommy Carls, AJ Carls were <laughs> on that PWA team. <laughs> really? Right as, yes, as, as Cardinals. And you yep. drove them to Centennial. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was all your fault. <laughs> it was all my fault. I'll take the blame. <laughs> that was my fault. So, oh, that's funny. Yep. It was that assistant coach in Peewees. Yeah, that PWA yeah. year. That was never that was again. Yeah, never yeah. again. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So, Go through your resume. I think it's. I was fascinated by all the teams that you coached before you got to high school. Yep. So after Coon Rapids, um, had the opportunity to go and coach Bantams at Moundsview Irondale, where I was for three years. Um, me and another coach were there together, and then we basically broke off. Where had the opportunity to become a head coach at the Bantam AA level. Um, so I was there for three years, and then had the opportunity to go to Elk River to be a Bantam AA so was, coach. Is this right after Adam and Jake left? Yes. Fleming left? Yep. Okay, got okay. it. All right. Yep, so it was right after that year. So my first year um, at Moundsview, we had a state tournament run, finished third in state there, which was an awesome experience. Again, great kids. It always comes back to just the experience you have with them. We had great, hardworking kids there. Um, you know, in the three years there, and then ended up going to Elk River, which was, again, another great community and experience, which yeah. really um, mirrored Delano as an experience, just in the fact of, like, how their community is, They're how tight. it's real tight-knit, um, blue-collar, you know, hard-hat-wearing yes. community, you know, Ben Gustafson, great great mentor, great coach. I mean, I can remember Great when, teacher, too. Great teacher, absolutely, and, and loves the community, right, part yep. of that fabric, and he, you know, right away when we, you know, get the job to be the double-A coach there, he takes us out to dinner. <laughs> you know, talks about his philosophy, just wants to know more about you. But again, was always there to help and guide, Good. which was yeah. great. Just That's a great experience. Awesome. So, and then right after that, um, you know, applied for some high school jobs and the Coon Rapids one had come open and obviously kind of making it full circle. Yeah. I knew who their seniors were going to be. Tommy and AJ had already made their move um, after Steve Moe had, you know, stepped down yep. and um, got the call late in July. And I never thought I'd have the opportunity. So thanks, you know, to Tom DeVellis for, you know, giving me a shot having faith in you right yeah yeah so i want to go through that process of yes i want to coach high school hockey when at what point in your coaching career in that in the in the peewee bantam years did you go yeah i got this thing i'm gonna do this i want to hear like where you thought you could do it and then what was that? Was that the first job you interviewed for? And if you haven't, I'd love to hear where else you interviewed. Yeah, so. It's cool. It's like, oh, yeah, because yeah, it's right. uh, hopefully it wasn't your first. Your first, like, you're going to think you're going to get every job in the world. Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and it, it was my first actual, like, high school interview. So um, cool. And honestly, it was more for the experience of the interview. Yes. Yeah, right. When I was a double A coach, I'm not a teacher, right? So yeah, that's, that kind of puts you behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, 
you know, I was surprised. I was actually on vacation up in Baxter when I got the phone call, and it's <laughs> me, and, me and two buddies, and it's Tom calling me, hey, when would you like to set up an interview? And they all look at me, they're like, are you serious? And it's like, yeah, you know, when, when can I come in? He's like, you can have the first interview or the last interview. I was like, I want the first one. Yeah. I want to try to be that lasting impression, hopefully, when yes. I step into yes. the room. I yeah. like that. Um, yeah, you know, and I wanted, I wanted the job so bad because I just, I knew the community already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm huge on just cultivating culture. I know that's a big buzzword, but just trying to get back and trying to grow something and grow pride and in, into that area. Cause again, you have, you had the Blaines at the time you have Andover's centennials. I mean, they're well firmly established. Yeah. Um, and I, I find it more fulfilling taking a challenge where like, that's not there. Yeah, it's not, you know, yeah. and you know, it's going to be a challenge in yeah. growing no different than, you know, growing the business from nothing. You got to create brand, you got to create, you know, your philosophies and your foundations and everything else. And it was just a good, a good opportunity at the time. I never thought I'd get it honestly. Um, sure. And I thought I'd still, I actually had already had an accepted Bantam double A job at Spring Lake Park at the time. And I told him I had to put it on hold for the really? interview. Oh. And I was like, you know, I, I think I'm a long shot, but got the opportunity. Um, and now, you know, five years later and here we are. That's super cool. So can we talk about building the program? Yeah. Because I, I think it's what you've done. In the last five years. It's, it's pretty amazing to see. And, 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 and some of it's social media, but you could be the greatest social media ever if you're four and 21 nobody cares <laughs> yeah. right right and obviously you got to look at you know right time right place we have we have great families in coon rapids that are so committed they had you know great youth coaches i can look at our bantam coach scott billy um pickett you know tealens all these guys that have been so committed to this youth group you know tyler barzness's dad was a youth coach eli bowden's dad also helped him as well yep. they've all been there they have been so committed to doing at Coon Rapids, right? So you have that going yeah. and kind of coming up the pipeline. So you have this group that is, I feel, developed correctly. They're growing in confidence because they're having success. And then on our end, again, just right time, right place, that we're, we're starting to, you know, rebrand the program using social media again because we don't get that outreach that a lot of those bigger profile teams get, right? So right. we look at, like, other social media outlets. So it's yeah. like, how can we do that? Taking that kind of just from the business experience, we wanted to create brand recognition. Um, and my assistant at the time, Tristan Morofsky, um, with Mini Hockey, he'll love that I've, you know, plugged that for Yeah, him. I love it. <laughs> um, but putting that, he was on the staff, and me and him talked about how we were going to rebrand it, wanted to get back to our foundations. That's why we brought the wing back, something that could be a sense I of like, pride. I like the wing now. I and, think it's cool. And right away, we took a lot of flack for it because they're like, well, why do we want to change it? We're like, well, you know, we just had an 0-16 season. We need to, like, rebrand. Like, we need to come <laughs> yeah. around and come out of this with something different and something yeah. to aspire to. And, you know, when Jim Rue was at Coon Rapids and they were making section runs or section final runs a little bit more competitive, that's that's the brand they were under. Sure. So we wanted to bring that, and, we, you know, we started putting it all over the place. In social media, we wanted to get it out there so people would you see it. Do you have it, it on the ice, too? We don't. No, nope. we don't have it on the ice. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, talk about your building. This people don't know what a it's fabulous. So cool. It's amazing, and obviously you can look at like the outdoor rink. So yeah. that's one of them, right? Like it's a beautiful. Re- but the beautiful part about the outdoor rink, you can watch games from inside. Correct. Comfortably watch. Correct. Games from yep. Inside. You can sit up in the conference rooms and watch the games, but the rest of the facility is fantastic. Um, good ice, you know, weight room, shooting room, everything. I mean, it's it's laid fireplace out. Fireplace so too. Yep. Is there a fireplace. Yep. Fireplace. In the lobby? In the, yep. It's just like this is nice. When they built this, they did it right. Yes. Yep. They've done a fantastic job, and it's our. You know, it's laid out to have two sheets, so that outdoor rink could be enclosed if they wanted. But we we love it because every year we put 
put together our own hockey day, Coon Rapids, which we've done the last two years. We've had Anoka out. It's it's a fantastic because you know you look at like Hockey Day Minnesota, like they're probably not looking at Coon Rapids program. Well, how can we celebrate our, have our facilities? Yeah, our outdoor ice. It it's awesome, and we have teams begging to play outdoors, and um, cool. it's it's a fun experience and just so you, great. Do you go squirts through high school on that day? We we tried to as yeah. much as we can. Okay. Um, we did last year, but then we obviously have to reserve the indoor ice in case you can't use it. Correct. Right. Yeah. So it's we have to, and we'll go with the girls as well. So we go girls and boys all day. So we usually go, you know. And boys. where are the girls based? Are they based? They, where is their locker room? So they basically have one at each rink. So our, our Champlain girls and Coon Rapids. So, yeah. Oh yeah. They just go back yep, and forth. Back and forth. So okay. every other week. So they're week at Champlain, and then we have a week, you know, week at Coon Rapids as well. Sure. All right. All right. Um, What's the future like? I mean, right now you look at like how much pride you have in this program and the way it's been growing. You have these, the senior and junior group, right? With a lot of skill. You have these youth players that really look up to them. It gives them an outlet of this is what could be, right? So right. It, yeah. it drives the fact because they've been committed to staying, which I mean, kudos to them and their families. Yeah. Cause you, you know, they've been getting catered to by oh, every yeah. single yeah. team around the area, yep. um, which they've gutted us before, right? You look at like what's been kind of taken before. Well, it's a gutted area. Yeah. You know, Coon Rapids has that, you know, just we'll take your player type of Absolutely. Field. So again, like it, so much pride for the, like the community, they've all stayed and they have that chip on the shoulder that they want to do it here. It's together cool. they want to stay together they're best friends it's i mean they fantastic they are it's brotherly love right you mm -hmm. should see competitive the competition at practice it's love it's the love and hate because they push each other so much and it's it's fun to watch so you're an andover residence have kids that play in the andover program how do you how many jackets hockey jackets do you have <laughs> too many i literally had to flip you know from i was just at you know might practice this morning and coming here and you know, we're representing Coon Rapids. And, again, they all know that I bleed Coon Rapids. Um, I'm, anytime walking into an Andover rink, I, I'll have my wing jacket on. They, they all know that I'm there. And, you know, yes, my kids might be at Andover, but the pride and is your kids are like white age. You have a two-year-old yeah. daughter, right? Yes. So you're in for the long haul here. Right. Uh, how do you – how many try hockey for freeze do you do in a year? You must be at some for Andover and some at Coon Rapids, right? A lot of times, so I'm, I'm helping with the Andover mites. Obviously, I can't commit to, like, a full schedule with the right. high school schedule. Sure, right. So I try to be at the rink as much as possible. And I think, you know, part of my passion is just creating as many positive outcomes or impacts that I yeah. can. And I, I had such great coaches growing up that I feel like this is the way I can give back to them for being so great to me. Do you me. remember some of those coaches' names back Absolutely. Then? Like Tim Duda, Steve Brown. Um, you know, I look at, like, Pav, football coach. Um, you know, we had Doug Ranallo, which was um, Ranallo's uncle. Okay. So Sam Ranallo's uncle. Sure. Um, Jason really? Miller, all of these guys. Yeah, they were committed to us. You know, they put the time in, volunteer hours, all of that stuff. But we had such good guys to help lead us that it's the way that I feel I can give back. Yeah, you want you want to walk in their footsteps absolutely. and do the same thing. Absolutely, yeah, because yeah, you're not getting rich doing the no <laughs> the high school hockey no. gig. That's what I always laugh about. I'll be in the whatever rink, and then you hear the grumbling about the coach. I'm like, yeah, that whopping five thousand right. dollars they get paid, and they put in. You know, 3,000 hours to do it. You know, it's crazy how much time you guys put in. Right. And honestly, I donate it all back to our program when okay. we do it. So whether it's like equipment, it's it's a third jersey. I always try to give back to our guys because I want, I want our guys to have something to be proud of and know. I want them to not know how good they have it until they would have to know, if that makes sense. Right? Yeah. They go out and they look back, they're like, you know, talking to other hockey players and they're like, wait, you had what? Well, your locker room is awesome. Your jerseys this year are amazing. You have names on the back too. Yep. Like that's a huge thing. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's a really cool uh, buzz that's growing right now. And that was big. They wanted to get back to the like the nameplates as well. And we understand that we're playing, you know, the the logo on the front. But it's they wanted to take ownership of their number in jersey. Yeah. That's why they wanted the nameplates. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, you guys have a mentor program too, right? Where, where the older kids do stuff with the younger kids in the program. Yes. Talk so a little bit about that. Part of our lettering criteria um, is that our high school players have to be student coaches for the youth program. Really? Yes. So we, and they're required to be at two games or two practices per month during our high school season. And that way that they're giving back to their program as well. I love that. I love that. Wow. You're just knocking them out here. Uh, I got a more of a tough question for you now. Um, I'm a big proponent, not as much publicly. I'll become more public about this as adding a, a third state tournament class, uh, third class in high school hockey. And, and I'll give you my reason for it. There are so many programs like Coon Rapids that currently sit in a stage where no matter what, how much you can do, and you're doing great things, and that's why we're trying to shine a light on all the great work you're doing there. But it's just super difficult, extremely difficult, for those programs to have a spot in the state tournament because it's just so difficult to get there. I'm a firm believer that the middle class, I call them, the Armstrong Coopers, the Bloomington Jeffersons, Richfield's now building a youth program, so they'll yep. be back in that right. middle class if they can build a successful youth program. But how hard would it be for Richfield to make it to a double-A state tournament right. with, with their demographic, Coon Rapids? But I think there's some great hockey to be played in this state in that you got Armstrong Coopers' Bantam A team last year. That was fun to watch. Right. Wouldn't we love to see those kids playing in a middle a double A if there was a triple A? And here's why I say it. I was, and I know I'm kind of a soapboxer now. Here's why I say it. You know it. I know it. Danny knows it. Everybody in, who's listening to the show knows it. There's 32 teams out there right now that they only play each other. Right. And yep. they, you know, I mean, if, if it could be more obvious, the two rivers, Hill Murray upset. That's a one gamer. They're right. they're in the same conference. They don't yeah. want to play two rivers twice. Right. They only want to play them once. Right. Yep. It's clearly they don't want to play them. So give those thirty-two teams their state tournament, just like they do in football with their six yep, A or whatever a. they call it. Like that's yeah. the top thirty-two teams, and Totino's in there because yep. they know they're one or of they the top. Used to be uh, whatever right. you yeah. get it right. You get yeah. what I'm saying. Like Hermantown should yeah. be in that one. Yeah, it, I think you. Throw what are your out- thoughts? I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be an opportunity. I think you look at, you know, some of the the old thought of it where you go back to single class, you have this just constant divide. But I think I, it'd be great just to create more opportunity, especially for those, like, middle programs. It's going to help build their youth programs. I think you're going to get more involvement because, again, people people want to follow competition, not necessarily winning in state, but if they're at least making runs, I think you're going to help grow the game a little bit more because you're going to have younger guys want to aspire to. You look at big football programs, baseball, whatever sport yeah. it is, they grow from competition and success. No one wants to yes. look at, you know, these winless groups who are like, I don't want to play that sport. <laughs> you know, why would, I, why would I want to play that and put the time in to well, not be rewarded? Yeah. The big argument in Hermantown was of switching up to double A was we, the years that we make it to state, and it seems like they make it every year. The years we make it to state, our, our youth numbers are here. The years we don't make it to state, our youth growth numbers are here. And that, when I learned that, I was like, wow, let's apply that to, Let's apply it to Jefferson or Coon Rapids. We made it to a section semifinal. We made it to a section final. Now the community would just come out of the world. When, yeah. when St. Louis Park had those teams with Johnny Sorensen and yeah. those guys. We're seeing made, that come through you'd now. See, you'd yeah. see it come through. Like People are really enjoyed it. It was good for right. St. Louis Park hockey. Right. So that's my point. 
tell me about what that would, if you could see, if you had a middle class and you were one of those teams that was in section semis or section final, what that would do for your Coon Rapids community? Well, I mean, I can even just look from last year, right? We finally, you, we finally get over the section quarterfinal bump over, you know, 20 yep. years, yep. right? 20 years and we get a postseason win. You see what it does to the youth program. They are more excited about hockey. They understand, like, there mm-hmm. is something that can happen, and that's just us getting to the semifinals and getting to Angela, yes. right, when we're in Section 7. It aspires younger population to, to join. I can look at Coon Rapids football. So when I, what, five years ago, they made a state tournament run, made it to uh, state semifinals. Their youth numbers tripled. <laughs> I believe it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, it just, It's crazy what it does because, again, people want to follow success in competition. They just do. Well, the single class way of thinking, these flat earthers, let's say, yep. like they, it's never going to happen. Right. And so how, how do we make something happen? The three classes an option. I, Coon Rapids is a city of what, 70,000, 70 yeah. plus. It's never going to be a single A if you look at attendance wise. Right. And so my stance is throw the attendance out the book. Attendance doesn't mean anything. Okay. You move Minneapolis down. Great. You move, you know, St. Paul Johnson, you know, St. Paul um, Highland Park, but move you guys down too. What, why do you guys have to be held up to that standard? Well, and that's just, that's a state high school league. They yeah, look at your yeah. enrollment numbers. And I think like in hockey is an odd one, right? Because again, like uh, it's a sport. If you're not really starting by six, seven, you're kind of already behind. Yeah. You can't right? build it. Yeah. No, it's not like football. It's not the track no. where you can just find athletes, right? Yeah. You can't find them at 15, 16, 17. You're already behind. They need to start looking at actual like youth numbers yes. and having that as a comparative number. I think if you're going to look at the, the analysis of it, it's got to be from the actual youth hockey program. Right. And I know Correct. that's tough because they want to try to blanket it and treat all sports alike through the state high school league, but but it's not, and, and that's that's the hard part. And and give, I I think that the state would benefit if you went to a football model of sixty four best teams, and that can be changing every two years or what have you. And if you went that model. I, I think you would see better state tournaments or better development in different programs like Coon Rapids. Well, and honestly, for the state high school league, look at how much money they're going to make on the state tournament. And if you add another class, yeah. everyone loves hockey. You're just you're just yeah. going to be putting that much more because everyone's going to go and watch. Oh yeah. You look at single A. I mean, the full community. I mean, the last year you go the whole bowl. They're actually opening upper bowl for people to sit. And oh, that's yeah. just for class A. And obviously, you go on semifinal Friday. I mean, that place is action packed, right? Now, just add. More games. Another one. Right? Yeah, and that, I agree. It's just, you look at all of them, more, more be, money for them. And the other thing is I've never them. been able to figure out is why can't the open up Tria instead of Mariucci? Because it's just, it, it, they do it for the girls. Why? I don't know. I, that's another one I can't figure out. Like, it, it fits well, because, so perfect. Because Tria wouldn't be able to fit everybody oh, going to the third geez. place game. <laughs> or, like, the consolation. <laughs> right. Like, that's a lie. Yeah, I know. And, it, and how cool would it be if, if you... If it was full for a third place game, right? Or or at least for cool. consolation final. And right? a lot of the yeah. people are already in a hotel downtown, so it's not like oh, I don't want to go park a tree. Like most yeah. people are already there. there, right? Yeah, right. So are they used to going there? So anyway, we could solve a lot of the world's problems <laughs> right. today. Danny, other any questions for Doctor Aaron Frock? Do you want to stay around for games of the past? Yeah, I'd absolutely love to. Okay, well, thanks, Aaron, for sticking around for games of the past. What um, a great interview that was. Wow. Thanks for sharing all informative. that Informative. It was amazing. amazing. It's been great. Amazing stuff. Wow. <laughs>
Probably one of the best interviews we've ever had with a coach. <laughs> well, appreciate it. <laughs> we haven't recorded it. Yet, it was fantastic. But it was I know fantastic. it was great. Yeah, it's good. It was awesome, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how you do. We're this is kind of a warm up for your interview, uh, Danny. Let's knock out some games of the past and. We'll get his input and Carl's input as well. Well, before we do that, let's give a sponsor read to Red Black. Red Black League is a great league for off-season hockey. So players who are looking to get games that are multi-sport athletes, boys and girls, uh, from all over the state. Uh, If you're looking for games, looking for non-check hockey, uh, it's 20 games in the spring, 20 games in the fall. An opportunity for kids to kind of just get out there and keep playing without having to make a huge financial commitment into other things. Uh, it's a great compliment to your 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 high school SDP programs. So you get some games in the spring, you go through the SDP program in, in the in the off season, then you go back and you have some more games. It's a little bit better than your captain's practice. It's a little bit more organized than your captain's practice in the fall. It's a little bit or, more organized. Some other things. It's just a great opportunity for players to get out there and. Uh, and get some games, keep the uh, skates uh, not rusty. Uh, so check out the redblackleagues.com. Okay, starting with Tuesday, a Coon Rapids game. Totino Grace 7, Coon Rapids 4. What? Oh, yeah, we didn't I have didn't our best night. <laughs> you guys have been a little roller coasterish. We're still, I think, we're trying to get our identity, you know, fully. We're trying to establish roles. I know we've returned a lot of guys, but we had two key injuries last year um, that we're trying to get those guys back in and see where they fit, and then a couple of our role guys. I think we've gone away from our defensive style of hockey, sure. and um, we have a lot of offensive power, and they want to play offense. They love playing on the offensive <laughs> side of the puck, but, again, when you don't play defense, you can't score seven goals every night. And, no. No. Um, we've been really working on cleaning that up Your as well. Your poor goalie. So. My goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk to him. I mean, he's feeling it. He feels that pressure. And I, he's been playing really well. I mean, he's been standing up for us. We just got to be better in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You right. can't let it leak that way. Right. All right. Next game. Shakopee 2, Rosemount 0. This is where. That's, a, yeah. that's why they're seven. That's why they're seven right now. All it's right. a good win. It's a good win. Um, Rogers four, Maple Grove one. You were at that game. It was just Rogers scored first. Rogers kept their foot yep. on the gas. Uh, Sixteen shots in the first period. I think just equal in the second. And Maple Grove made a push in the third. But when you're down like that, and it was no, it was Rogers the whole way. Yeah. So go ahead. Carl. I watched this too, and it was my my first time watching Rogers. I'm like, how did this team lose all these games? Like, why are, have they been so flat? They look great. They but were. In, they won this game last year too. Yes. Yes, yes they did. Uh, Aaron, have you played both? Played one? We played zero? Maple Grove. We'll see Rogers here at the end of the year, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, Rogers. when you go and watch, I mean, they're obviously high-powered offense as well, and they got a lot of speed. And Maple Grove's, like, they're deep. You know, they don't deep. have that offensive punch that they've had in the last couple of years. But, again, like, they're pretty consistent all the way through, one through three. And knowing how Rogers always plays Maple Grove, I mean, they're, they always play them really tough. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's a good rivalry game between these two now. Yeah, it's getting there. Say. Yeah. It's definitely getting there. <laughs> um, Alexandria 5, Fergus Falls 1, section game. It's a rematch of the section final. Yes. So it's a little bit important in that way. Is Alex? The yeah, showing one? it's probably yeah. a two-team race there between Alex and uh, Northern Lakes. Fergus, I think, is the three. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. And, and so it shows the separation, like Carl's saying, between one and three or Correct. two and three. But it's one right now in Alex. Um, Rozo, three. War Road, two. Overtime, Tony. World just kind of is the gift that keeps on giving, aren't they? 
<laughs> they just are. Like every game is just dramatic, fun, entertaining. entertaining. I mean, if nothing else, uh, this proves that they aren't uh, the the clutch kids. They've won a lot of clutch games. Yes. They, they were, though. I mean, they scored this goal uh, to tie the game late. Uh, Pilgrim backdoor to Taven James for a beautiful goal. Uh, it was electric. The uh, atmosphere in there, you know, to, to call my first game ever in the Rosal Memorial Building, and I get a fight in the girls' game near the end of the game. <laughs> and then overtime thriller in the other one. I definitely got uh, my money's worth uh, that night, my first time in that building. It was fantastic. The banners are hanging. It's weird. There's three ba- – the, the, the Broughton, Broughton, Erickson banners are hanging in there, right? Yeah, we talked about that. And I'm like, there are so many – and I'm not saying they're bad players. They are definitely wor- banner-worthy. They did Mr. Hockey. Well, they didn't have but, Mr. Hockey back then. they have had. But that's my point. Like, like Rube Yorkman, there's so many great players that yeah. play there. Why are those three the only banners hanging there? I, when we were talking hmm. about it – It's I, weird. I think the pain – of that team, there not are, winning. There are scars in that community <laughs> from uh, just generation, generational pain yep. of that team. Seventy-eight Rams. I, yeah. I truly believe that. There could be. There could be some truth to that. All in all, it was a great experience. Great experience being there, and 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 I, those teams are they don't complement each other well. You know. Yeah. Rosa wants to, I mean, uh, War wants to get up the ice, and they want to play hard, and, and Rosa was locking them down. They had Gavin Jensen yeah. on. Uh, every time uh, Pilgrim stepped on the ice, Jensen, was, Jensen came on the ice. And he's said, a right, shutdown player. Mm-hmm. You're not getting by me. And Gavin's a big, tall, long player. Yeah. He gave Pilgrim some fits. So it was a fun game to watch. It was okay. kind of a chess match the whole night. Okay, tell the story of the Rover Oh, Bowl my Thunder. goodness. I, I don't have his first name. It's Braden, I think. Uh, Levesque is his last name. So this is a great story. Uh, Braden, um, uh, w- when he was in seventh grade, he was he's from, like, Fort Francis. He's from Canada. So he comes down and he plays peewees with the kids from Roseau, and they go to state uh, when they were in seventh grade. Um, and... He came to our gopher camp and he was named best goalie in our camp. And he Which had a, is a really, really big deal. Yeah, there's all the best goalies, all the best skaters in the camp. And he was the best goalie. He was a big kid, super athletic. And I was like, wow, this kid has a really bright future. That summer, with his parents, they got in a major car accident. Like the kind that they, like the people on site were like, they're lucky to be alive. His parents and, and Braden, they were in very bad shape physically for a long period of time. And there was whether one he would actually play hockey again, his parents suffered major injuries. I don't know how bad they were, but I know that they haven't had a normal life since. And I've stayed in touch oddly enough through a lawsuit because the law lawyers on their side are asking us if he should get college money because would he have been a college player? So I'd kind of stayed in touch indirectly with this over the years. And, um, he shows up in our lives Again, on that night. And I'm looking scary. down. I'm like, he has one game with six goals against the average of six. I'm like, well, it really wasn't mm-hmm. that good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> turns out it was the game against Minneapolis, the yeah. seven to six Minneapolis game. And oh, he came fair. in in relief yeah. and gave up three goals in the second half. So he does have a six goal because he got <laughs> yeah. 50% of that game, right? So their goaltender, Waikie, was out injured he got hurt in the in the, over christmas 
So it's his turn to start. And boy, did he look good. And here's why the story is so wonderful. I don't remember him being a left-handed goaltender. So Just throws everybody mm-hmm. off, right? Right. Yeah. Anytime you look, I'm like, I don't remember that. Maybe he was. It's been you know five years. Yeah. So Bobcat from Brozo comes and goes, "Hey, you know story?" And I'm like, "Yeah, the car accident. I know all about." It. He goes, yeah. "No, the lefty thing." I'm like, "What do you mean the lefty thing?" He goes, "He switched hands because of the car accident. He's now <laughs> holding the stick with where he used to catch with." <laughs> and he was lights out, lights out in that game. He was the kid I remember in seventh grade shutting down uh, Warroad all night long. It was fun to watch and a great story. And I'm hopefully he can continue to play after high school. And his goal is to play U.S. college hockey. So, well, and what a story too! You know, yeah. coming in and you know with his teammates, and you want to talk about like facing adversities and challenges. Oh and my gosh, coming <laughs> back over that, like yeah. you know, hey, I've been through a car accident. And, you know, I had to switch hands so I could still play yeah. and still starting to play at an elite level. I mean, it's that's incredible. So the next time some kid comes, and goes, the heat's not in the locker room, coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness, hey. our managers didn't bring the sparks and right. <laughs> oh my goodness, where's our tape? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Play with uh, your offhand. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you. you playing right-handed tonight what <laughs> you know go back to the might flat stick here start there exactly you're all wooden sticks tonight all right uh, danny keep rolling st cloud cathedral two northern lakes or st cloud cathedral five northern lakes two this was a good win for cathedral too yep. yep wednesday game hill murray five st thomas two it was very boring Okay, but Hill is back. Hill is Soccer. Hill Soccer. is coming back. <laughs> they found the hole and they are digging themselves out now. Yep. And yep. so um, this is the boomerang effect. Um, Thursday, Orono four, New Prague three. Shots were lopsided, but that one's surprising to Say me. Say it one more time. Orono four, New Prague three. Yeah, New Prague's got another score, I think, too, coming up. I don't know if I noted that, All right. but uh, All right. Carl might be able to help me with that one later. Um, Hermantown three, Cathedral one. It's close uh, the whole way. It seemed like too. Well, I watched the whole game cover to cover, and it was kind of a, I hate to say it, kind of a snoozer, a very defensive game in the first uh, two periods. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Cathedral tied it uh, on a five on three late in the third, like three minutes left. Sure. And you're like, oh, we're going overtime. We're going overtime. Willie P is dropping OT bombs <laughs> the whole time. Yep. Yeah, we're going overtime. We could be heading to OT soon. You know, <laughs> three minutes to go in regulation. You know, he's doing all that. Yeah. And then and then they scored. And then Herman Town <laughs> scored, and then they got an empty netter. Okay. okay. Uh, Estabrook's both got both of them, I believe. I know he scored from the point, and then he scored again yeah. from, uh, uh, from like 200 feet out, 185 feet out. He scored deep. I was with no time on the clock. I was texting with Willie after this game, and I believe that this decor might be one of the best in Class A since maybe St. Thomas in thirteen. Like it is really, really good. Well, any any decor with Pionk or Sandberg on it is was also be in that yeah, too. That was better. <laughs> I don't I'll respect that one was better. I don't, and I don't know how this one will turn out too, but it is already very, very good. Um, but I would say they're very balanced and a great, a yes. great decor. Don't get me wrong, but yes, there are others in class A. White Bear Lake three, Park of Cottage Grove two. It's a scary score if you're White Bear. Three two. Three two. We're gonna get to Cottage yeah. Grove later. We will. Um, and over two, Centennial two, overtime. 
Uh, any thoughts on that one, Coach? Honestly, after just seeing yeah. Centennial, um, they're top heavy. And I actually just talked to Cal this morning. We were talking about the game. Um, you know, the Andover's so defensive heavy. I mean, you start looking at their scores with so, one off, and they, yeah. it, the 2 2 isn't really a surprise. And no. Centennial's got solid goaltending. Both sides have solid goaltending. Yeah. Um, and good defense. I would have actually expected Centennial to kind of poke through. Yeah, poke through a little bit just because of how Andover's kind of been struggling to score, especially on like, Correct. you know, against t- top end teams. Right. So. No, but I think a good time for both schools right now. Yeah. Um, Rogers six, Champlin Park four. What do you like about Champlin right now? Champlin's top line, and when they play at home, um, and we actually we were at this game. Um, you watch, you watch how Champlin plays at home, and they are wide open up and down the ice. They'll make you, they'll make you pay. Um, you know, they threw everything they had at Rogers, and <laughs> Rogers still just looked calm, steady, that kind of no matter how the game was going to go, it was going to be their outcome. Sure. Um, and they did. And they kind of like broke through the dam a little bit, and all of a sudden there they came and kind of took over the game. But Champ- Champlin's a scary group. They're they're physical. They're they're kind of built for a postseason run right now. I know they're still dealing with injuries as yes. well with like Solomon, a couple of their D pairs. Um, talking to Tommy, I mean, like he's they're primed to try to make a run at it. Well, and especially, you know, they're – Prime right now is like you were saying. If they're playing wide open, the form is made for that. Exactly. So when you look at a quarterfinal game, and if they're going to have a, you know, they're going to host. Yes. I mean, they have an absolute advantage. But then they you could go be hosting at, you guys right now. Yeah, that's basically where it would fall, and it's probably why you're watching them. Yes, we've been watching them, and I know our guys. <laughs> uh, they would love that matchup. Yeah, especially they, they got. Did you guys play them twice or just only just the, once? just only once? Yeah, okay. but we played them early. I, I know. So that's right after I saw you. Yep. Okay. We'll look at another Chaplin score later, though, right? Uh, I believe so, Carl. Um, yes, I have yeah. another Champlin score. Yes. Um, yeah, Elk River. They yes. went to a standard sheet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, a different, they're a different team on a standard mm-hmm. sheet. Okay, yeah. we'll get to that. Um, Eden Prairie 2, Benilde 0. This is the surge right now of VP. It is. It is. Coming into mm-hmm. late conference, too. This is and, where it's fun. Uh, I think it's great for the Lake Conference. Oh, yeah. Bad for the rest of the state, but good for the Lake Conference. <laughs> um, yeah. Delano, three. Holy Family, one. I I don't know what to read into that. Well, they yeah. didn't have their coach. Yeah, for starters. Um, they didn't have at a least, co- At least three players, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll give them a pass. And, and Delano's a good team. Delano's yeah. a state-bound mm-hmm. team. It's, okay. Delano's a state-bound uh, first-round losing team. First round lost team. <laughs> they wear orange and they wear black and they lose in the first round. Yes. yes. Um, and yeah, it's the first time in, I think, 15 meetings. So I think it dates back. Uh, really? Yeah. To uh, Myers. It's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, ben Myers never beat him either. Oh. We might be going further games. back. That might what? be Myers at Delano. Yeah. Yeah. Way back. Um, okay, Stillwater 6, Cretan 2. Not a great Two ships heading in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, that didn't hit each other. Didn't tie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving to Friday, Rockridge 6, Cambridge, Isanti 4. That's with an empty netter. Why is that important? Section. I know. Yeah. Cambridge had, and Cambridge had a good game with Enfeld, too, so good for them. They're like... They have a decent goaltender. Seibel's a good goaltender. Um, But that makes it, I don't know, it's in murky land. It just just sums up 7AA beyond 
Andover and maybe Ryan Rapids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three through eight is a mystery science theater. <laughs> three thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, Edina four, St. Thomas one. I think that this was Friday night, right? This is Friday night. I think this is how uh, this game is, on paper should always be this season. Yeah, but they beat them exactly ten days prior. I think uh, the flip, the St. Thomas peak, is now kind of falling a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Roso. Four, Sartell, three, overtime. That Sartell team just keeps hanging around. It just goes the top into that section eight. Section. Just kind of, you know, yeah. blender. Blender. Blender is the best way to put it, right? <laughs> section eight. I mean, when you start mm -hmm. looking at head-to-heads and, you know, at one point you had Moorhead, what, four and oh in section, but oh and eight everywhere else. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was, was Joey Memes put that together. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know what the it, section predicting this once we have that bracket come out just grab bag yeah you don't know complete don't grab know. bag um rosemount seven lakeville south one kayla how many players was lakeville south missing uh i believe it was six <laughs> it was two to Ooh. one going into the final period and they we call that the third yeah, I don't know why I said final. <laughs> Fourth Whatever. quarter. You know what I mean. Uh, and it, uh, I think it fell off the rails a little bit. <laughs> that Real kind of. I think they said they put in their their fourth line because it was <laughs> everyone was sick. I think they had one kid had mono, three kids had the influenza. So yeah, it was not a good week. <sighs> Moving on. Yeah. So big giant brick of salt on that game. Yeah. Princeton four, Thief River Falls one. That's, yeah, that's one I saw. I'm glad you that's an that eye one. popper right. to me. That is, it's a good win for Princeton. Yeah, okay. And this is at the Ralph. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Maybe we had some illness uh, up in Thief too. Thief. Um, Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, actually uh, six, Holy Angels one. They went up there to Rough play. Rough trip for the uh, Coasters. Not a fun weekend for the for these the stars. We'll get to the other score later. I'm assuming. Yep. Elk River. Hey, hey Carl, can you pull up that gate that box score for that game? Yes. For that Holy Angels. Yeah. Alex one. Um, mm -hmm. Elk River seven. Champlin Park two. No, okay. Non-Olympic now. Yes. In Elk. And and you got to think, too, they just had that, that big game against Rogers, right? They yes. were throwing everything at it. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're playing for status a little bit. And then yeah. they go to Elk, and Elk is, you know, blue-collar. I know Gus really well. Coach Bantam's there. And, you know, they they play really well at home. Yep. Champlin back on a standard sheet is just a different team, and that is a big rivalry game between Elk River and Champlin. So, True. Yeah. It's cool. And, so, and watch Elk River right now. I mean, they tied Rogers. A couple weeks ago, they got this win in eight double A. That's right there. I think it's sitting right there for them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I've yeah. said this selfishly. Uh, I love the fact that if they do make it, it, their section final will be at the MAC in St. Cloud. Yep. Which is one yeah. of the best should, venues for that. It's a great. But you should have seen the year I went. It was three years ago when I went there since more that game. Yep. It was eighty percent elk fans. Yep. And mm -hmm. they just came out of the woodwork, and, and and they played well because of it, right? But Morehead just had way too many tools Pieces. back well, then. Add Caden Casey yeah. back to that Elk River team. What's that Morehead that year? Right? Because <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that year that yes. Caden Casey went to Andover. Yes. Yeah, yes. you know, so. and one state. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, this year the talent gap won't be that big. No, 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 it won't. 
Mm-hmm. Have they played yet, Elk and Moorhead, or are they not? Yeah, Moorhead won. Six, I think Moorhead won 6-3. Okay, all right. But that was, uh, that was close to a month yeah. ago. and right. Yeah. Yeah. Alexandria 4, Holy Angels 3. This is the game that you're talking about. Now let's talk about yep. what happened in the third period. There were four goals. They scored four in the third, but I wanted to hear what the time numbers were each of those goals. It's uh, the first one is at 9.02. Left in the game? Yeah. No, uh, that's, that would be counting up. So seven. seven. Eight, yeah, seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Seven, 58, yeah. Then 10.27, so a minute and a half later. Okay. 12.53, Ooh. so four minutes left, they tie it up, and then 15.56, so a minute four. just over a minute left. Any of those power yeah. play, or were they all even strength? All were even strength. Ooh. Wow. That hurts. Can't even blame the refs. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're looking around trying to blame somebody. You know. uh, there were no calls. No calls. There should have been penalties. <laughs> right. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it for sure. That's it. Hey, we're trying to help you, Grizz. We're just trying to help you here. It's a long bus ride yeah. back. I, yeah. I, I dropped Holy Angels out of the top 25. Oops. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Andover 6, Totino 1. This was a good offensive outburst, I thought, by Andover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially after Patino's win earlier in the week. Yeah. Now, if the Coon Rapids coach wasn't here, I would say something like, wow, that kind of shows you where Andover is compared to Coon, Coon Rapids. Rapids. I'm using a little transit. But I don't here. normally Ooh. do that. I, no. That's okay. I, that's I understandable, like especially that. in the same week. Right? I would be rude like that. <laughs> in us and Andover on our conference schedules, they basically play our teams right after we play them, um, looking at it. and Noted um, for next week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in looking at that, I'll put with Andover, I mean, honestly, with what we saw with Titino, Titino's good, and they, they really crashed the net, worked the puck up top, but I think that plays right into, like, Andover's defensive and opportunistic offense. Yeah, I think sure. It plays right into that role. And, yep. um, you know, talking with the Cal, He's like, yeah, we were able to roll four lines, you know, against basically TG's two. So you're going to just wear yeah. those guys down, yeah, you know, because it's just in the numbers and in the quality of those numbers, you're going to wear a team down and you're going to have more and more opportunities offensively. Right. Four right. with structure wears people down very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I three, Hastings two. It's weird score. I saw that score. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Proctor four, Little Falls one. That caught my eye. That's why Good I thought they might Proctor. be in the top ten. I thought so too. With mm-hmm. that score, it, slide them in. I would have slid them in too. Yeah, they got a D one goaltender. So yeah, I'm trying to think of who got that ten spot again. Oh, it was Laverne. Yeah, Laverne. Proctor. Laverne. Proctor would pump Laverne. Yeah. Sorry, Laverne. Yeah, I I believe so too. Uh, Moorhead four, Grand Rapids two. At IRA, I'm pretty sure. Not Yanmar is the name oh, of the ring. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, yep, the engine. Yep, yep. They played at the engine house. That's right. Um, Minnetonka, six. Duluth East, three. Carl didn't even go. Carl, Carl didn't even go. go. One of the best performances <laughs> of East all year doesn't show. And I'm not the, well, and, and they beat Brainerd this week, too, so maybe I'm the cancer. I think I you didn't are. say it. I didn't say it. Yeah. You're the dark cloud. You are gloomy. Yeah. You're the you are the Duluthese dark cloud. You are Eeyore. Just living in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they show up, yeah. the East kids show up, they look over and Carl's here. Damn. It. Just looming. It's yes. A, it's a great day for hockey. If yeah. it's not Duluth East. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like just gloomy Gus over here. Um 
Park Cottage Grove, three. Creighton Durham Hall, two. And I believe Carter, our uh, resident uh, scorekeeper, called it an eye popper. Which I love what he does now. Like I used to like hate it when he gets it wrong. Like that's not yeah. an eye popper. I used to like get mad. Now I'm like, good. He's just gonna piss people off. <laughs> and I got a text from one of the coaching staff members, no names mentioned, uh, from Park Cottage Grove, saying that's not an eye popper. That everybody knew we were gonna beat those guys. Okay. So they are pumped. <laughs> no, they, they were pumped. <laughs> but I don't think that's an eye popper. I I don't think it's an eye popper, but it's an eye popper for sections. For sections, it's, it's huge. It's a huge win. Yeah. It puts them at the four, four, five seed right now. I know. I and know. that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a and very important. By the game. way, I love the coaching staff at Park Cottage Grove. They're <laughs> some of the best. Some of the best. So I'm excited to see their success. War Road 4, Hermantown 1. I watched part of this game. Okay. And mm-hmm. I, I really liked... Uh, World, as as my friends in World said, played their most complete game of the season. Okay. Yes. It was, it was this was a fun game to watch, and I think oh, this World team is not as skilled as the past two, right? But they definitely felt like a more complete team with what I saw in this game. I mean, they were in control from start to finish. They were forechecking Hermantown to death. The, the second line, uh, lower lines, had the first two goals. Um, Carson Pilgrim had one point. It was an assist, a beautiful assist, on a shorthanded, but. And you know, on a night when the top line didn't totally take over, I was just so impressed with World's depth and how they outmatched Shermantown and what you thought would be Shermantown's edge. So Ben Norris was their player of the game. He must have, you know, how many, he must have had 25, 30 saves? Nah, I was probably just over 20. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he had a good game. I, I don't know. It was just such a team performance. It's hard to give a single player that game. Okay. All right. I And... and yeah, like Murray had two goals, and Pilgrim, even though he just showed up once, I mean, he, but I really like what Carson Pilgrim is. He just plays a 200 foot game. He's doing everything, winning all these battles all over the place, and it doesn't show up on the score sheet, but he was in control of that game. Yeah, it, what he does, it, going back to the Rosal game, what he does, he just creates so much chaos out there for the other mm-hmm. team. Like, all the always, he kind of always, always has to be accounted for with, because of his speed. And mm-hmm. he's got a little bit of his Uncle Jason in him where he's yeah. he can make the, the pretty pass. And he had one to Taven James that was just lights out. So, yeah, he's a, a factor to be reckoned with at all times on the ice. Now, Warro broke the seal last year of the Class A losses in season for Hermantown. Yeah. When was mm-hmm. the last Class A loss at home? I would have to look this so, up. Did you, Carl? We, we were. Okay. Yes, we, we were tweeting about this, and we we're doing a lot of investigating. It's not in the Hockey Hub era. We're, Stop Plastic, it. I think it was in 09 when they would have lost to Nate Schmidt. If you keep the home road rotation on their cathedral games, it would have been that. Interesting. So that's nearly yeah. 15 years Jeez. of mm-hmm. a Class A dominance at home. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Th- that's an important... That's an important. There was less banners in the hawk dome. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at your. Speaking of banners, I looked at yeah. your uh, profile picture or whatever it is. It's sure. got. You can't see the scoreboard oh, because yeah. of all the banners. At Peg, oh, yeah. I had that in Roseau. Like we were at center ice, oh. and there's like one of those like light fixtures that's in front of the penalty clock. So like every time whoever was on the power play, I literally had to get up and walk over 
and go, oh, there's 122 <laughs> remaining on the power play for this team. It's just. I, I do that all the time when I'm at Pagel. It's like, step back. Yeah, the, the banners. You, and if yeah. you're standing, what, what we're talking about is when you're standing on the catwalk, you can't see the clock very well. Yeah. And so uh, usually I take a picture of the scoreboard at my favorite game of the year or that yeah. thereof, and that was, that was the Chan. And I thought that was fitting with the banners. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Um, okay, just moving. Throw out a final note on Urban Town, yeah. too, just, you know, since we saw them. You know, I've seen them play two of the other top teams in Class A now, and in both games, like, they have not controlled the pace at all. Against East Grand is the same way. Against East Grand, though, they scored early, and they are able to get up. And that's kind of what they have to do to win. The team is just not going to be able to stage a big comeback or bury a team early. It's not often I say that the number one team in the state on January 14th is on, you know, shaky ground on going to state. You know, you think about oh, that. Oh, yeah, with Warroad, you mean. Yeah. Yeah, they are definitely on shaky yeah. ground. Yeah. Just because of the way that team is structured. Think about this, though. Like, think mm-hmm. about Warroad's track. So they're going to play East Side. So let's say they beat East Side. Correct. Right? And they go 2-0 and against them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a hard deal to win three times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then if they go mm-hmm. and they lose to them, like, man, we can't beat these guys. Yeah. You know, there's, it's a, they're in kind of a weird spot right now. I don't think they mm-hmm. care about that kind of stuff. No. I, I, I think... I think they're going to in in big trouble with East Side at once East Side gets their defensive side figured out and their goaltending figured out. That's yeah. that's a team that is really scary. We'll we'll see what happens this week when they play Rozo. Like it's a real good comparison because mm-hmm. they both yes. played yeah. very even games. So. Yes. Um, St. Louis Park three Orono two. Uh, Thank Orono. you for reading that because that's that's a good score and St. Louis Park is not that bad of a team. I just think that Orono's no. got a better club. I, I think Orono is yeah. better. I, I really, I strongly, I am all in on Orono in 2A. You I, keep saying they're a Friday team. I truly think that. Well, uh, that's saying something because we know their chief competitor in Section 2 is Delano. Is Delano, who is not a Friday team. Correct. I, that's two times I've said that about your team, Garrett. That's two times. I yep. might even go three today. <laughs> just trying to fire you up. It worked for Prior Lake couple years yeah, ago i'm did. just trying to do the same for delano it's free service i'll send you an invoice no problem <laughs> um edina three buffalo two shots were lopsided but still i think it was they've had a couple of those yeah. they've had more than a couple i feel who buffalo yeah. or, or edina, edina. edina. Yeah. the lakeville south game really they from were, last week i believe they were yeah. down two nothing yeah that's not good yeah. so i kept an eye on this one i kept i literally had the last night i had the edina Twitter page refreshed. Refresh. I was refreshing it every Refresh. five minutes to keep an eye on that one. And then once it became 2-2, I'm like, I got to tweet this out. Yeah, that makes People got to know. People got to know. Um, and then the last score, Northfield 4, Owatonna 3. I don't know why Northfield's number eight. I get why. I, I think they're better than that. I truly do. And I think they're going to, in two weeks in Friday Night Ice, are going to shock people. you think they're going to beat St. Cloud Cathedral? Yeah, I'll, I'll go on the record now. We'll and see. Give Owatonna a little credit too. They're a two-loss team. They're yeah, yeah. They're probably a top four seed in one double A. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't on the show. Yeah, you missed the show Will? where I said Owatonna was going to go twenty-five and zero and made a bet with Will, <laughs> and now owes Will money. I owe Will a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I looked at their schedule and went, "It's conceivable." At, at that point, it was it conceivable, was. and then it they was. lost to Park Cottage Grove. Yes, up they, in Duluth. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. There's that Park Cottage Grove 
coaching staff again. <laughs> Those meddling kids. Well, talk about meddling kids. Tony, take away this interview with LaCrescent's forward, Wyatt Farrell. Thank you, Danny. Today we are joined with Wyatt Farrell from LaCrescent High School and LaCrescent Hoka hockey team. The senior has 172 goals and is potentially a record breaker of Ben Hanowski's state record. Welcome to the show, Wyatt. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing good. Is it, uh, how cold is it in Southern Minnesota today? <laughs> Pretty cold, probably around zero. Oh, that's balmy compared to Duluth <laughs> and the Twin Cities. Well, thanks yeah. thanks for being here. We're really interested to get to know you and learn more about La Cresta Hoka hockey team and, and, and just kind of the background and how you guys grew up playing hockey. Tell us uh, what the youth program is like there. Do you, do you actually have Wisconsin kids on your team as youth or is it just La Crescent? In, in, um, in youth ages right right now we it's just La Crescent uh, some kids like to come and play for La Crescent from on Alaska and um, uh, sometimes when we don't have enough players to make a full team at one level they'll go and co-op with on Alaska but that hasn't happened in a few years uh, our program's really been growing especially at the youth level we have uh, more kids than we've ever had so it's really been good that's fantastic oh, yeah. now you guys are, what is across the the border from you guys what cities are across the border from you guys uh right across the river is uh lacrosse and on alaska okay um and do you guys ever does lacrosse have hockey i don't even know yeah. this question lacrosse co-ops with on alaska they only have like one guy maybe really so oh, there's wow. that few yeah. players in lacrosse wisconsin that play hockey so yeah is there a rink? Is the rink in on Alaska or is it in La Crescent? Do they have? There's, I mean, in, I mean, in Wisconsin. There's a rink in La Crosse and in on Alaska. Actually, the oh. rink in La Crosse used to host the Chill. Yes, Cooley Region Cooley Chill. Region and, Chill. Um, now they host uh, just the sled hockey team that we have here. Okay. In okay. Uh, La Crosse, and then uh, they play at, the, and then uh, the youth programs play at the on Alaska Omni Center. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. We're learning a little something here. Um, and then now the high school level, how many guys on your high school team go to Hoka High School in Wisconsin? Uh, well, La Crescent Hoka is actually just one high school combined. Oh. They don't have a school. It's just one school. I didn't know that. So, I didn't know that either. Yeah, no, it's just one school. <laughs> and, and Hoka, is that? Receiving hyphen. Is that, is that, yeah, I know. So is that, is Hoka from Wisconsin? Hoke is in Minnesota. It is? Uh, I didn't know that either. It's in Minnesota, yeah. <laughs> okay. So should we stop asking yeah. questions about Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Well, this, if we didn't know this, I'm sure a lot of our viewers didn't know this either. So Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. All right. All right. Uh, Danny, got a couple questions before we hand it off to Carl? I got a couple more, too. Um, well, let's, let's talk about, well, maybe let's hand it off to Carl to talk about uh, the points uh, part of it. Carl. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'll just give some background. So everyone knows this. So why it's currently sitting at 172 points goals That is third all time goals goals in as third all time in Minnesota state high school hockey. Ben Hanowski is the leader. He has 196. So why is 24 behind Hanowski with uh, well, 11 regular season games to go, plus however deep they go in the playoffs. So you figure at least two, maybe three, maybe more. But, but the potential is, is there. He's on pace. 
Uh, Joey Bennick is, is second. He's at 175. So in probably the next couple of games, Wild has him and move into second. And so he's in the past you know, few weeks, past people like Dave Spihar, Grant Bessie, Jackson Nelson. So pretty <laughs> impressive names. <laughs> uh, so Wyatt, at what point did you realize that you were moving up the leaderboard like this? Um, I didn't really know until uh, all the interviews from uh, when I played in the Elite League. They, I got a few interviews, and they brought it up. And uh, I was pretty surprised. I was like, oh, I, I actually didn't know that I was that close. So I just knew about uh, trying to beat my coach, which I did last <laughs> year. Which you have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so are people around the team tracking this? Or are people paying attention, or is it kind of the sideshow? I mean, there's a little bit of buzz, but that's not really where the focus is right now on the team. I mean, they they think it's cool, but, you know, they're not coming up to me and asking me about it. They just – we just want to win. All right, so let's, right, let's – well, go ahead, Carl. And and you're doing that, right? I mean, this is a one-loss team. Like, a lot of people probably aren't aware of that. <laughs> yeah, we, we took a loss at Dodge County early in the season. Um, they're a good team. We had a couple injuries, but um, – you know, we'll we'll get him again in the second semifinals, I'm sure. Oh, I like that. You're looking past the first round game. Now that's something that your team had never won until like two years ago. Were you on mm. you were on that team? What would it feel like when you won that game? Was that was the Mankato I mean, East game? Was yes. that the Mankato East win? Yeah. We beat them, but I mean he- heavy asterisks. It's hard to count. It's hard to count. <laughs> we're the ten seed, they're the two seed, and we played their J V team. Right. We're we're well aware. It's um, we got a lot of heat for it, but there was nothing we could do. No, and I, then and then last year, played. and then last year you didn't didn't win, so you're still at that only one section win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that so you got a little something to prove, don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, what causes this? Uh, you guys are one loss. This is right now. This is probably the best team in Lacrescent history. Even <clears throat> when your Uriah Hayes was there, you guys are performing a lot better than that. What makes this yeah. team click right now? Oh, uh, we got a lot of guys going. Noah Gillette, he's clicking about forty-five points right now. We have a foreign exchange student, Michael Soika, and he's been ah. really carrying our second line. <laughs> where Where's he from? Where's he from? He's from the Czech Republic. Nice, ah. nice. Yeah. I think they call it Czechia yeah. now. Yeah, Czechia, and we have. Uh, Three, four solid defenders. Colton Holzer has been holding it down. Uh, another foreign exchange student, Toby. Whoa. Okay, where's he from? <laughs> He's also from Czechia. Nice. Two of them. Okay. So we got those those guys have really been helping us out. We have a really solid power play penalty kill unit, and um, we've been uh, we've been buzzing as of late. So you could say that again. Um, <laughs> you talked about Coach Hayes. It's how cool is it to have someone who's played college, played pro, come back to the community and building a, a program basically from the ground up. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. It's unfortunate circumstance for him being injured and not being able to play anymore, but yep. for him to come back and you know have build his family, build uh, this hockey program, and obviously I've learned so much playing under him. And I mean, I work with him year round and. He's just taking my game to the next level and everybody on the team and just the entire program. He's brought us up three levels. I mean, his first year we had four wins and now we're 14, 13 and one to start the season. So, I mean, that's mostly him. What, what sport is La Crescent known for? 
probably baseball. We have a solid baseball team. They go to state pretty often. Are you guys bigger than the baseball buzz right now? I'd say so. I mean, a lot of people don't really follow hockey down here, but uh, they've been taking notice. How are your crowds this year at your games versus when you were in eighth grade? I mean, <laughs> they're a little bigger. We got a lot more um, outside of student fans than we did. I mean, student section is tough. We only have so many students in our school, so and there's always basketball games, same days, and so it's kind of hard to get a big student section at our games. What's your class size? Uh, we have around a hundred in my senior class. Okay, okay, okay. good size. Yeah, it's yeah. a good size. A lot better than. Uh... Kitson Central had. That's yeah, sure. Kitson was in the 40s when we talked to Tyler Hedden <laughs> last year. Oh, there was 18. Oh, 18. 18 in his class. Nine 18. girls, nine boys. <laughs> Makes prom really awkward if yeah. one says no. Yeah, <laughs> bad, bad numbers. Bad numbers. All right, uh, let's talk about your future plans. What, what do you plan on doing after your high school career ends? So uh, after this uh, season, I'm going to go and uh, play for the St. Todd Norseman in the Nall. And uh, obviously try to make a USHL team if possible next season. But, um, you know, tendered with St. Cloud. So excited about that. Going to go play there probably. And um, hopefully uh, get some talk with some college teams and play college hockey after that. Um, I want to take a half a step back. You talked at some point in this interview, you said it's the biggest the youth program has ever been. Who's is is this all Araya or is this how is the why did the community all of a sudden start to respond and start build a great youth program down there? Well, Araya's really been pushing. We've had more try hockey for freeze than I mean we've ever seen. We had we've had like twenty of them. Really, and we're just trying to get as many kids as possible. Our mites, we have like sixty mites. Wow! Wow! We've got a lot of mites and um, two square teams. Uh, one Wee team and one small Bantam team. So as you can tell, at every level, there's more kids going down. That's really, That's really good cool. to hear. And, and Section 1 is very winnable. I mean, you guys have a oh, lot yeah. of teams that you're, you're mowing through a lot of those teams now. What do you know about Northfield? Let's hear what you think about those guys. Have you seen them play? Yeah, I haven't seen them play, but I've played with a few of them. They got Munson, Geiger, or Geiger, yeah, Kaiser. They're all good. Their first line is going to be tough to play against. Um, and their second line is going to match up right with ours. And then their defense also, Ty Frank, he's solid back there. Yeah. And uh, they got a lot of good players. And I don't know how their goaltender is. I know they lost their senior goaltender last year. So um, I think uh, when we play them, it's going to be a tough matchup. It's, it's going to be a good game, fun one to watch for sure. So have you ever seen them play as a team this year? No. Uh, well, not uh, this year. Not this year? Not this year. Do you watch other teams? Uh, just based on where you're located, it might be kind of difficult. Yeah, I mean, we can't really get to games to watch. The closest is 30 minutes, which is Winona, and I, I've seen them a few times. There's some teams in Wisconsin, but they're not uh, all that fun to watch. <laughs> And how many and, uh, te- how many teams on your schedule are from Wisconsin usually? Five. Um, usually, hmm, ten games, fifteen games. This year it's been wow. less. I think we only have six or seven. Okay, eight maybe. Okay. But, yeah, um, being flex- 
Blackbird Falls, Baroqua, Thomas, Thomas Barta, West Salem. Yeah, I've been repeating a couple of them, but yeah. Uh, we Black play Wausau West yeah. now. We picked up a game against them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, so I think. Oh, are you back? Are you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We lost you for a second there. <laughs> and, and as far as playing those teams, now, who is your biggest rival? Oh, probably Winona or on Alaska. We play them every year and um, usually only once. And up until the last couple of years, we, we would always lose. Um, I mean, on Alaska, we haven't beaten 20 years, maybe. Really? Have you, have you, do you play them this year? We play them uh, February at some point. Okay. All right. Um, what's your favorite rink to play in right now? Ooh, um, we don't play in a lot of super cool rinks, but uh, you will Rochester Rec Center. Austin, Austin has a nice rink. You're gonna like play. There. You'll play in a nice rink in a couple of weeks in South St. Paul too. Oh yeah, Dog Woog. I love that rink. I played there a few times. Okay. Yeah, a few times. That rink is really nice. So they come up here. They come up oh. here on like a Saturday. You know, if I see them play, I kind of want to see them play in their own barn. I think I might go down for the SPA game. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. That was our senior night. Okay. Okay. That would be amazing. Well, senior uh, Wyatt Farrell, do you want to stick around uh, and do some pickums with us? Yeah, absolutely. We'll see how good you are at knowing the rest of the state. Yeah. Okay. All right. Before we do that, Danny, you got some other games? Yeah, it's some fun games this week. Uh, Roseau and East Grand play. Hibbing and Hermantown. Northern Lakes and Little Falls. Uh, we almost put that one in there. Yeah. Eden Prairie and Matamidi on Wednesday, the lone Wednesday game. Um, Champlin versus Maple Grove. White Bear versus Grand Rapids. Thief River Falls then plays Little Falls in the Battle of the Falls. Um, Stillwater and St. Thomas. Hill and Grand Rapids. Maple Grove and Elk River. Centennial and Rogers, which has huge section implications right yes. now. And White Bear and Hermantown play. Okay. Um, are we ready for some pickums? Let's bring it. All right. Uh, game one, which I go first on. This is a section four double A tilt that Danny and I, when we were choosing these games, we picked Stillwater Hill because there's, there's, three, there's three top teams. There's Stillwater Hill and White Bear, and with the Hill-White Bear tie and the Stillwater two-game series with White Bear split. If they if they they have they split, have they have split. split. Now we're this game really if 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 Hill wins this game, yeah, it is no one's guess anyone's guess who gets the one seed and who Correct. gets the three seed really there's really no and don't forget about Gentry yeah and, well they don't play any of them do yeah. they no but they're there right no but <laughs> but like they're well we know they're not going to get any favoritism in the no. in the seeding rink no. so we already no. know they're going to be the four seed they're just going to be thrown there basically yes. All right, so that's why we picked this game. Um, I'm going to go Hill-Marie. I think they got a little bit off the schneid this week after last Saturday, so I'll go Hill-Marie. Carl, who do you got? Hillwater's rolling right now. I mean, the, the momentum they have, the big wins they've had, I think they're the top seed in the section. 
Is this Carl saying this about Stillwater? Because I believe earlier in the year, I believe you did not have in them the top 25. Show us the tape. I have receipts, my friend. I have receipts, my friend. Um, I, I'm going to go Stillwater as well. Just I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in this game. I just have a feeling. It's, no. Stillwater is going to win. Maybe like three to two, two to one. Okay. Um, going to Stillwater. State's third leading score goal scorer of all time. Uh, Wyatt, who do you got? I think uh, that's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? That's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? First would be even better. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I think uh, Hilmer is going to pull this one out. They had that tough loss at Two Rivers uh, a little bit ago, and I think they're just going to be, you know, fired up, ready to go. Did you play against or with any Hill kids in the Elite League? Oh, I played against, um, yeah, all of them that were in there. Landing Cottingham, I remember. Um, I didn't play, actually, against uh, TDS. I think they had one or two from Hill Murray. I didn't never played against them. Okay, okay, cool. You're doing great, by the way, on this show. Like, you're just <laughs> knocking it out. You knew the Two Rivers thing. That shows your yeah. inner nerddom there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right, uh, game two, Creighton-Durham Hall, Eastview. Very similar matchup. We have two teams that are not in the top ten but will be a factor in section play, and this game has huge section implications. Creighton-Durham Hall, Eastview, I believe this is played in Apple Valley, correct? Correct. Uh, Mm -hmm. Carl, you get to go first here. Yeah, I just don't really have much faith in Creighton right now. They just seem so flatlined. So I'm going to go with Eastview. All right. And I think this comes back to scoring too. I I I like Wooten right now for Eastview. I'm gonna go um, Eastview. If Fezzi was at CDH, I think it's different. But him uh, breaking his leg has really changed the dynamic. Since then, yeah, they have not responded yet. No, they will. They will. But they got to find what that is still too. Okay, uh, Wyatt. I think I'm gonna go with Eastview. I mean, they've been. Um, they had that big overtime win the other night that I saw. I mean, they they're a good team. They have a few players for sure, and uh, I haven't seen Creighton do too much this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with these few. Uh, why? How much do you look at scores? This is amazing. Oh yeah, I look at all the scores. <laughs> Honestly, I love this. I love this. Uh, I love your. Uh, 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 appearance on this show, but I don't like your pick. I'm gonna go with CDH here. I'm you a big Corsoed him. I, I'm a big, I'm a big private school guy, so I'll go Creighton Durham Hall on this one. Okay. I don't have any reason other than I can't look at three, four East views across. That would, I, I mean, okay. Matt Funk doesn't need any more help. Uh, Danny, uh, this you get to go first on this one. This is a great game. This is a Metro West. Game, uh, Chanhassen and Benilde St. Margaret's. So Benilde struggled this week against EP. Um, but what I kind of feel is Benilde gets up for the big games. I think this is going to be possibly high scoring, but very good goaltending. If if you get what I'm saying, because McElroy and uh, Hendrickson are some of the best goaltenders, I'm still going to go Chanhassen gets the better of them. You got Chan in this one? I think the firepower of Chan wears down on um, Benilde. All right. And everyone's healthy on Chan, right? Yes. uh, Gavin Camp is back. All right. Uh, Wyatt, who do you got in this one? I think um, Chanhassen's going to pull it out. They've been, uh, yeah, since they got um, Camp back, they I don't think they've lost. They've been playing really well, and 
blowing teams out of the water. So I think they're gonna they're gonna have a good one against Benilde, but Benilde is nothing to sneeze at. They've been having a great season. Contributor of the <laughs> year at this point. I like this kid. I mm -hmm. like this kid a lot. Um, all right. Um, I talked to Coach Ken Pauley this week uh, about some stuff with his team, and he's pretty excited okay. about his some of these games that he gets in the Metro West. Getting two against Chan Aston is going to make his team better yep. for the stretch run. He was talking about how difficult it is to get the state through, you know, Wyzetta and Edina having to beat them both back-to-back. -back. Yeah. Um, and he's going to have to do that this year. So he's like, yeah, we're kind of changing some things up. We're trying some new things, and Chan Aston will be a good – uh, team for us to practice against to get get through them and get back to state. He said twelve years. He's he's got it memorized. Wow. Uh, when the last time he was there? Obviously, we do too. But uh, I'm going to go with Benilde on this one. Carl, Tony's just on that private school train. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking with Sam. I think that that they've been rolling the past few weeks. I think everyone's back, and I don't see them losing again before potential section final. All right, game four, White, you get to go first here. This is number one versus what? Is he dying to We don't even know yet because he hasn't told us, but I'm guessing they're probably three. You will have learned that they're number three. We will oh, have okay. learned they were number three. That's where I'm guessing they were going to be. So it's it's a top two teams in the state. It's a rematch of the, of the state final. Rematch the state final. <laughs> uh, Tonka and Edina. Is this at Edina? It is at Braymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, White, you get to go first. Yeah, obviously that's gonna that's gonna be an awesome game. I mean, the Wyzetta Minnetonka one one one. I think it's gonna be similar to that, low scoring. But I think uh, Tonka is gonna pull it out. I just don't see them losing a game with nine Division one commits. I mean, I don't think they can lose. <laughs> <laughs> that's you're unbelievable. That's like, good. You you're lie. You lied to us before the show. You said you watched our show a little. Come on, you watched them more than a little. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> now, it, you sound like one of us. <laughs> it, just be honest. We've seen some people moving behind you and stuff, just working on the house. Is there somebody with, like, you know, just cue cards? cards holding them up for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All okay. good. All good. All right. Uh, I think I disagree with you on the last two. I'm going to agree with you on this one and force one of these two guys into – taking non-chalk because White's been fairly chalk so far in his That's, picks. But so that, they're safe picks. Though. They're very safe picks. He wants to go five for five. I'm not sure he's going to get the last one right, but for, he's sure. looking good on the first four. Sure. All right, uh, Carl, you're up. Tonka, Edina. Yeah, not not ready to pick an upset of Tonka yet. So they're going to go into Braemar and win it. Yeah. Okay. And Danny. I'm going to go Tonka because I've been all in on them being undefeated. I would not be surprised if this is another tie, though. Okay? Yeah, I could see a tie. It, yeah. that's, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. just put that out there. But we know that Edina's had this circled. We know that Tonka has had this circled. This game is going to be a lot of fun at Braemar. Get there early. Yeah. Uh, didn't our who, – who called Tonka before all of us? He did, didn't he? Yeah. He's, he's Mr. Chalk, isn't he? Yeah, he's Chalk. Chalk, he's chalk, chalk, Chalk. All right, final game. We're going to go back to Class A. A uh, little school in southeast Minnesota, uh, La Crescent, takes on uh, Faribault. Is this game at Faribault? No, this one's uh, in La Crescent. 
Okay. Really? In your own barn? Describe yep. for us what the La Crescent barn is like. Two-sided bleachers, one-sided bleachers. We got one-sided bleachers about from um, just past the blue line to just past the other blue line. Not a lot of seating, but... A little um, bit like Wasika, maybe? Kind of Wasika-like? Pretty similar. Pretty similar to Wasika. You got yeah. your own locker room with, with uh, music, yep. video games, yep. the whole deal, skate sharper? Oh, yeah, we got our own locker room, everything. It's it's pretty nice. We did a lot of work on it this uh, summer, so it's looking pretty good right now. Is the same maintenance crew who <laughs> did your locker room, the one working on the bed and breakfast behind you there? <laughs> no, that was, just, uh, that was just players that was working in there. All right. Just, okay. Just give cool. me our time. Give me our time. I, I go first on this one. Oh, geez. The last time I saw Faribault La Crescent, uh, Faribault won by a touchdown. Okay. And I just can't erase those tapes. So I'm going to go Faribault on this one. Carl, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, you look at this Faribault team. They've won, I think, four of their last five. They've beaten Austin. They've beaten Red Wing, Wyndham, Wilmer. They're on a roll. Like, uh, here comes Faribault. All right, you got Faribault, too. Okay, I, Danny. I mean, like, it's going to be high scoring. We know that. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And so, There'll be a lot of goals. A lot of goals. And it's what team can score the most goals. I got to go with the Faribault here. Oh, Faribault, for sure. Yeah. Faribault. All right. <laughs> well, we went all Taka the last pick. We got to go all Faribault this round, don't you think? Follow Ryan? the chalk. Come just, on, follow the chalk. Uh, follow along. I don't think I can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> I got to go uh, with uh, my team, with Crescent. I mean, we've been um, buzzing, too. I mean, we have our last uh, 10, I think, 10 yeah. games in a row. It's not and, bad. Um, I don't see us losing to Faribault. I think um, there will be a lot of scoring. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be from both sides. All right. <laughs> I, I like it'll that. Be, uh, it'll be a good one. I think it'll be fun, fun game in our barn. I mean, I, I don't see us losing that one. So are you, here's a kid who can rip off how many D1 commits Tonka has, uh, how many, what, what the score of the Hill Murray's game was, but he doesn't know how many wins in a row his team has. I, I'm kind of disappointed in you right now. <laughs> very, very disappointed in you right now. I'm pretty sure it's 10. We lost um, to Dodge. It might be yeah. 9. Yeah. I think it's Okay. It's nine. Yeah. Nine in a row. Well, thank you, Carl, for helping out our buddy here. Uh, Why you were a fantastic contributor to our show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to uh, Summit Orthopedic, Gemini Athletic, Red Black League, Jack's Cafe, uh, Danny Awesome Show as usual. Kayla, thank you for helping us out. Carl up in Duluth. And, of course, the Wonder Boy, Wyatt Farrell. Thanks for being on our show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we can't wait to meet you, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire